Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. One minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five and this, the month of May in the year of our Lord. Is it still May? It is May. It's almost the end of May. All right. Uh, in the year of our Lord, 2009, thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. Thanks to my friends, my chums, mi amigos, mi compadres on the road of whimsy. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it is Wednesday. My microphone sounds fantastic today. The processing on this is crisp and exemplary. Uh, it is Wednesday, May 27th, 2009. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, if you would like to be part of today's show, it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101, or on the off chance you do not possess a cellular telephone, you can call us at 1-800-344-KUFO. 503-228-4101, or one 800 344-KUFO. Tim, let's go down the list and uh, see what you have prepared and what you do not sound-wise. Do you have the sound of Mr. T singing at a baseball game? And I'm, it is a singing in quotation marks, by the way. Mr. T singing at a baseball game. I do not. I didn't think there was any call for that. <laughs> there there always is, Tim. I thought he just kicks doors down at infomercials. No, no, no. He Well, he does that as well. But he doesn't just do that. T is not limited to uh, such a narrow uh, paradigm in terms of performance. He's sort of singing. It, it, it's really, I mean, it's only like 15 seconds long, and it's not that great. It's only worthwhile because he ends it by working in yet another Pity the Fool reference, which is great. So I'm going to start like a whole, you know, for a while we were trying to track every time somebody would use the phrase uh, new direction. Like it is time for our energy policy to have a new direction. And we can all agree that a new direction is, I mean, there's really no, there's no way in which that can't be used. So we were trying to track all the references to and uses of that phrase for a while in the popular culture. My whole thing is going to be trying to track every time Mr. T has to turn the phrase, I pity, blah, 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 into whatever. Anyway, so we have one of those today. Uh, Tim, do you have sound from this drunken clown who had to be hauled away by police? I do. That it's, is, It's on top of my list. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have today? Um, do you? Well, no, I know you don't. The, the woman who pulled the gun on the carjacker who screamed like a little girl. I don't have that. I have that. I don't even know what you're referring to. Uh-huh. Excellent. Uh, right. Simon Cowell apologized to Susan Boyle, and Sharon Osbourne is tired of hearing about her. You know, I'm tired of hearing from Sharon Osbourne. Period. I know. She needs to go away. Sharon Osbourne needs to, uh, she needs to go back. Uh, and, and if she lived back in Britain, she wouldn't get as much attention as she does here. No, and... Uh, uh, never mind, never mind. Never She's kind of like on the D-list. <laughs> I have, and I have, everybody I, else is quiet. Let's see what Sharon Osbourne has to say today. I have this whole... You know, she is... She, Sharon Osbourne is like the Dr. Laura of the rock world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you... I guess in a way you sort of have to grudgingly respect the fact that she's kind of clawed her way to the top in a very competitive industry. But boy, I just wish she wouldn't speak anymore. You know? And you would talk about a woman who just... It's like that time... I I won't say who, but we used to work with a... Uh, we used to work with a, a well-known Portland uh, radio personality who was interviewing Joel Schumacher from uh, of Batman and Robin fame. Yes. The fame sort of loosely there. And it was, I think, I think at one point he actually had written down in his list of interview questions, but did not actually ask. I think he'd written down, 
as his opening question, how does it feel to be the man who ruined the Batman franchise? And he didn't at the last moment ask that question because he realized that that was just going to burn some bridges he probably didn't want to burn. But it's like, I always want to ask Sharon Osbourne, like, how does it feel to be the woman who emasculated one of the greatest rock stars in the history of all humanity, Sharon Osbourne? Anyway. Uh, do you have, and I know you don't because I'm holding it right here, this packet of something that I swear to God looks like Uranex from the kitchen? That I know I don't have. We've been looking at that for weeks. Have you? Tim, look at this right here. At the top, does it say, Sarah and I have been noticing this, does it look like Uranex? Uranex? Yes, it does. See, and it's not. I think this is actually something that's used to clean the coffee pot. Yeah, because it's for a uh, coffee urn. I think it's Uranex. But it looks for all it the world like, Uranex. like something that you're <laughs> using if you have... urine, should you need some. What is that thing that what is that thing that Ron Reagan is always talking about? Where he's do you suffer from weak stream or whatever? What if that horrible commercial estates? Yeah, uh, in any event. All right. Um, so uh, we have a copy of the uh, new the new Charles Polinick book. Why uh, are you so loud and I so soft? Or is it me? Why me talk pretty? You no talk good. I don't know. My microphone sounds fantastic today. That's all I know. Uh, we have a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy, to give away uh, today. Uh, we have that coming up. We're also going to be talking to Todd Phillips. He is the director of uh, The Hangover, which is that uh, movie, that's, that the, the, the Vegas uh, Bachelor uh, road trip dude movie that is opening this Friday. He also directed Old School. Uh, he directed Road Trip. And this is the weird thing. And he started by, if you've ever seen that documentary, Hated, the G.G. Allen story, he started by making that while he was still in film school, which is odd. So... His career, and I'm not making this up, his career trajectory goes from a G.G. Allen documentary, I swear to Christ, a documentary about Nambla, to something to something, to then a movie with the Stifler guy, and now to uh, to this. So, anyway, so we're going to talk to Todd Phillips uh, today. Uh, also coming up, uh, we will have a mystery guest. Mystery guest coming up at 7.20, and Peter Carlin from the Oregonian at uh, 8 a.m. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing well. I'm excited for the mystery guest. I have no idea. Well, of course I have, because I have no idea. But, I mean, I don't. That's the mystery. But, I mean, based on the last two mystery guests, I think the first one uh, it was the woman who traveled the country for a year. With, with her cat. cat and her dog and a motorhome, and then the mm-hmm. second one was some embittered, How you can a delightful tell husband, woman. How you can tell if your husband's going to leave you for a woman younger than been you? Dumped by your husband for some trollop. Yes. So, just based on the two of those, I'm just saying I have no roadmap. I have no idea uh, what to expect for today's mystery. So, guest. how are we going to do this? Like, how much information are we going to give you? I don't know. That's up to that's up Unless to you. Mr. Nibbler and I. Yeah, we must discuss. We need to. I mean, you guys should figure out because I mean, because you're getting a little cocky with it. So we need to find. I think we need to give you less information. I'm just saying that I think I've acquitted myself admirably, uh, given the dearth of facts that I had about the, the previous two mystery guests. Okay. So that's coming up today at uh, 7.20. Uh, Peter Carlin at 8 a.m. and uh, all of that. It is 503-228-4101. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.08. It's going to be partly sunny today, highs in the 70s. Back into the 80s tomorrow. County prosecutors claim revenge was the motive for the weekend drowning of a four-year-old boy by his deranged mother. They say it was an act of revenge against her estranged husband whom she was involved in a custody battle with. Amanda Scott Smith charged with aggravated murder for allegedly tossing Eldon Smith off the Silwood Bridge into the Willamette. She's also charged with attempted murder, trying to drown her seven-year-old daughter who was rescued and now in state custody. Three teenagers have been shot in Salem's Northgate Park. Sitting on a park bench when approached by another teen who engaged him in conversation and then opened fire. 
One of the victims has life-threatening injuries, the other two not so much. The gunman, described as Hispanic between 16 and 18, short black, close-cut hair, 12.1%. That's the Portland Metro's unemployment rate for April, beating the statewide average by a hair, which is 12%. What do we win? Oh, shame. Uh, Nothing. The state's growing labor force expanding faster than any other state except Nevada now, and that just makes matters worse for those of us living here as more people move in without jobs. The Nike executive nominated by the White House to run the nation's community service programs has withdrawn her nomination. Maria Eitel withdrew after discovering a previously unknown medical condition. Then we have this from New York City. Thousands of bees swarmed outside a New York City game store, trapping employees inside for hours. Ordinary employees looked out the window of the Manhattan store while talking on the phone as bees clustered. A sign in the window warned, closed due to bee infestation. Many passers-by avoided the GameStop near Union Square. Here's the hilarious thing about that. There's a sign on the inside of the window, presumably near the front door, that says closed near to, due to bee infestation. Yet they couldn't get out of the store because of the bees, which means that they are thinking that somebody would actually fight their way through the bee horde all the way to the front door. In other words, somebody was, I have to get a copy of Dead Rising 2. And it was just so massively important that they would uh, sort of plow their way through this mass of bees. And that that wouldn't stop them, but then the paper sign in the uh, in the window, that would keep them from coming on in. Well, apparently, uh, Edward Albers tried to help. He was dressed in regular clothes. It didn't upset the bees. He lured many into a box without getting stung. Don't upset the bees. Eventually, police bee expert, I guess they have them on the force in New York, police bee expert Tony Polanskis arrived in protective gear and used the scent of a queen bee to collect the rest of them. Isn't this the second bee story to, we've had inside of... Does that come of, in a can? I... I don't know. The scent it's, of Queen Bee. Then we, what was the bee story we had just a few days ago? Oh, it was that house in um, in Vancouver that was covered in all the bee leavings, excrement, or something. Yeah. So, all right. So, all of that stuff about the bees vanishing. How there were no bees left, and the bees. It, 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 bees are back. Some, but see, it, don't you get the sense that the bees were never really gone? That they were in fact just sort of they were huddled somewhere scheming against humanity. I mean, they were just sort of like they were all hiding out at the uh, like the bee uh... bee bar. Well, it was yes, yes, but they you know, but they were all at some sort of predetermined bee hiding place where they were going to sit and hatch their nefarious scheme against mankind. Uh, let's do one more, then we'll get caught up. We'll come back with uh, uh, more news, and uh, we'll find out what Sarah Dillon did last night. Uh, this is very sad. From Phoenix, the daughter of former heavyweight boxing champ Mike Tyson has died. Uh, here we have a Phoenix uh, Police Sergeant Andy Hill describing how it happened. Of all the accidents that happened with children with strangulation-type situations, this was a very unusual one. I'd never heard of one like this. It's usually some kind of a cord from the curtains or the blinds. In this case, uh, the little girl was playing on a treadmill. Somehow she reached up into the console underneath of the treadmill, which contained some electrical wiring and equipment, and it's almost like a cable. And uh, somehow she grabbed onto that, pulled out the loose wire, and it actually formed into some kind of a noose-like device, mm. and she got caught on it. Yeah, I was watching only the four years old. news last night. I was just, I mean, it's just awful. I, uh, there was this whole series of, um, of updates, because first, they, had ju- they didn't know what the condition was, and then she was on life support. And then I think the last update I got uh, before I went to bed, I was checking my BlackBerry, and there was uh, the, you know, the breaking news about... Which just I, and so for that reason, just I should I'll say this probably uh, I don't know maybe before we talk to the Todd Phillips guy who directed the Hangover because Mike Tyson's in the Hangover, mm-hmm. and my first question was going to be hey so how did you get Mike Tyson but it, it's just it's just a weird it, it's a weird thing I mean it just puts kind of a, it puts a cloud over the whole the, the whole subject so I I probably will not 
We'll not bring that up just because it's just a it's just a weird vibe. Um, well, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll get caught up when we come back. Uh, we'll talk to Sarah Dillon. More from Tim Riley later on. Uh, we will have a mystery guest as well as Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover, and giving away a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is Motley Crue. Go nowhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Well, all right then. So I guess there's been a slight adjustment, and the adjustment is we're going to have other people uh, look at the calendar from now on to decide what is happening when. So I guess Todd Phillips is not so much today as it is Thursday. Is that right? Yes, tomorrow. Because today isn't Thursday. Am I also correct when I say that? Uh, You might be right with that. All right. And today is, wait for it, Wednesday? Yes? Yes. All right. Awesome. So, yeah, that'll be happening tomorrow. Well, there you go. Good job. You know, it it looked like Wednesday when I was... I was staring at the screen last night. There's a, there, there's a cutoff point of, I, I don't know, maybe uh, 9.30 or 10 p.m. when I shouldn't be allowed to do anything. Because everything just starts to blur together on the screen. Well, all right then. So, uh, director of uh, The Hangover, Todd Phillips, that is uh, not so much today as it is tomorrow. So that is happening tomorrow. Coming up later on today, Peter Carlin from The Oregonian, a uh, mystery guest. And uh, your chance to win a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 523. It's going to be partly sunny today. A little bit cooler than it was yesterday. Highs only in the 70s, but back into the 80s by tomorrow. It's going to stay that way for a couple of days. State troopers busted three drivers going in excess of 100 miles an hour over the long holiday weekend. We have the stats. And all of them were caught on I-205. Beware, they're out there waiting for you. Eric Best of Gresham charged with DUI and... Driving 110 miles an hour. Then there's Leland Gurr, ticketed for going 127 miles an hour. Brian Bertine of Gresham also busted for driving recklessly at 110 miles an hour. All on the death road of I-205. Watch out. That's where all the bad people are. No, this wasn't. But I mean, they weren't busted all at once. Like they no, weren't. This wasn't some weekend. Some Fast and the Furious Gresham sort of a thing. No, it wasn't. 120 miles an hour seems excessive. And what I mean by that is. It's not like that. Well, that's it's a, not a. It's a good road. It's in good shape. I guess you can go that fast. <laughs> it's because I don't think anybody stays alive long enough. You can't do that in the Sylvan Tunnel. No, but I mean, this is, really, I think that if you're driving at that rate of speed, I think probably the death is almost so immediate that you don't really, you know, you don't really stick around long enough to cause any damage to the road. It's not really worn in any way. But 120 miles an hour, and maybe I'm just a big chicken, uh, and that is, because if I get up above like 75, 80 miles an hour, I mean, I really start to become unnerved. There's something, it's not, you know, it's not like I have to go 20, uh, you know, everywhere I drive, but is that thing of like, if you're really, really late and you're trying to, like, do you ever drive with somebody and they clearly just have no, they have no issue going 95 miles an hour on the highway to get somewhere. I mean, and not because they have any reason, not like they're trying to get to the emergency room for something. It's that they like to drive almost a hundred miles an hour. Lara's that way. I mean, we'll be driving somewhere. And we'll just be like going to Kennewick or, or something. And I'll look over and because it'll it'll start to seem like things are whipping by at a pretty good rate of speed outside. And I'll look over the speedometer and it'll say 90 miles an hour. And it, it, maybe it's just too many traffic safety films or something have been drilled into my head. But I find that distinctly unsettling. And so then I will have to sort of take on the, uh, you know, just the, uh, the Namby-ass role and ask her to please ratchet back on the speed a little bit. And so once you get to 120 miles an hour, 
I mean, you do have to ask what that's all about, especially if, as you said, it's, it's like, like, I can't wait to get to the Couve. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're going up I-205. That's, does, is like, that where it ends? That's, that's my thing. Is, that's exactly the point. It's like, what are you, where are you trying to get in such a hurry? I mean, really, what is at the end of this particular road that can't wait? Wherever you're going is still going to be there, and it's still going to be lame. So, you know, you could get there five minutes later. It's probably not going to be a big deal. Here's that, Tim Riley. The average price for a gallon of gasoline in Oregon has jumped eight cents over the past week to two dollars fifty-one cents. The national average two dollars forty-three cents. Highest prices are in the Eugene Springfield area, thanks to all those scoundrels at the oil companies. A Wenatchee, Washington dementia patient has survived four days trapped in the woods. Ninety-year-old Robert Walker was supposed to be driving to breakfast a few days ago. Instead, he drove deeper and deeper through mountain roads and wedged his car into a grove of trees hundreds of miles from home. A group of hunters eventually found him dehydrated and coming down with pneumonia. Call for an ambulance. It'll be all right eventually. Okay, so here's a today's 911 call. This woman calls 911 to try to find out who that attractive cop was who just visited her home and wanted to leave her phone number, hoping that he'll call her back. 911, do you need fire, medical, or police? No, ma'am, I don't. I don't have an emergency. Two police officers just left my house just now. Third. Can I get their names, please? She sounds like a hussy. Just the music turned down. He was the cutest cop I've seen in God knows how long. I just don't know his name. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's not an emergency, but heck. Doesn't come very often a good-looking man comes at your doorstep. Could you throw him back my way? Do you need him to come back there? Oh, I'd like that, yeah. Why do you need him to come back there? Well, because I have an emergency. I'll I'll think of something. He's cute. Um, Would you throw him back? I think they're partners. Throw him back my way, would you? Okay, and what is the reason? Um, My dog. Just blame it on my dog. No, say the the music was too loud. They came in the first place because their neighbors lived here for over 15 years. They've got a lot of nerve, these neighbors. Um, My music was too loud. Can I discuss that with them? You need to talk about the the noise complaint as well? Exactly. Hold on just a moment. Thank you. Yay. He's a cutie pie. And who is up having the, the loud noise? Oh, I guess I'm the one who has the loud noise. The officer has to come to my house. Just music. I work out the loud music. Okay, and ma'am, what, what do you need the officer to do? I mean, is, do you have another noise? Bada-bing. I guess so. Okay, and who, where is the noise? Honey, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I just thought he was cute. I'm 45 years old, and I'd like to meet him again. But I don't know how to go about doing that without calling 911. I know this is not absolutely in a way, shape, or form an emergency. But if you would give the officers my phone number to, and ask them to come back, uh, other than I know they have terrible lots of things to do in Aloha. Um, Where is like? this at? I was about to say, is this in Florida? Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Aloha. I, uh, okay, so I, I think we're revisiting an old story here that we had a few months ago, and this is the first time that this call has been released. Okay, so where entirety. where is this story from? Is this from? Uh, it doesn't say. Okay, it, because that, do you just assume that things like this take place in Florida? I mean, every time yeah. we hear some nutcase nine one one call, I just figure the Tallahassee woman had this to say, and I like how that she's all uh, zap branding it about it, like about a third of the way through. Do you have an emergency? Oh yes, I've got an emergency. It's a sex emergency. <laughs> Isn't that right, Kiff? I've got to run in my stockings. <laughs> um, the, 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 the second best part is when the 911 operator says, 
And what do you need him to come back there to do? And there's there's a sort of incremental pause before the woman says something about, you know, I don't know, I've got a problem with my dog. And she tries to say it like all like seductress-like. So... Not in Florida, but it sounds like this was... I mean, there can't be another place called Aloha. No, they can't be, because it's supposed to be pronounced Aloha. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that is, a, that is a thing. That's like the couch cooching. That's yeah. sort of unique to our little town. Mm-hmm. So uh, do we have any way of verifying that this, that this took place here? Because I think I remember this a few months, uh, a few months ago. See, I don't think I do. In a previous version of the program. See, I don't know which one. I think we have... There are many versions to choose from, Tim. What are we... Are we at version... Six now Six of this show because oh, I stopped counting, it just depresses me sometimes. <laughs> Damn, you're choosing to look at the glasses being half empty. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> when, um, so I think when we had a story like this last, it wasn't the same story. I think this is one of those scenarios where, like, the uh, the woman calls up 911 because some hunky cop came to the house for some other reason and she needs to come back and give her some servicing. I think we have a variation on this story about every six or eight months, but it's a different set of players each time. I don't think we've had this specific story. I think I remember this taking place somewhere near here. All right. Well, that's fantastic. But anyway, it reminds me of of those uh, sexy tapes that came up before the Internet where people would sell these, like a batch of them. I. What do you mean? Making dirty phone calls, and they would sell tapes of them. Like oh, you, oh, like a Jerky Boys kind of a uh-huh. thing? Wow, that was... Where are the Jerky Boys right now? I don't know. I got one of their tapes for Christmas a long time ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who buys you a Jerky Boys? Tape? Seriously. I'll take completely inappropriate for a thousand. My brother. That makes no... What goes on in what goes under your brother's head? What circuit closes well, in the, his brain that he says, I know who would love this? Tim. Everyone has the embarrassing blue-collar brother who would, who would like to push you in his direction. Yes. Yes, they do, Tim. Sometimes. I don't know if you do or not, but... Oh, oh, I do. Believe okay. me. So there you go. Everybody has one if you have multiple brothers. I have the embarrassing... There's a person who does something like this, then there's somebody who heads off in the opposite direction. <laughs> but they're always waiting to pull you back, aren't they? Yes, they are. The they're long... going to show you their way. <laughs> Theirs is the right way. The grubby long arm of your family is always ready to drag you back to wherever you came from. I uh, yeah I have the blue collar brother and then I have his uh, I have his equally irritating uh, variant I have the religious nutcase brother who always uh, wants to tell me how things would be so much better if I would only uh, embrace Jesus as my Lord and Savior which I guess if it stopped there to be fine but Jesus also wants me to move to Texas and live in a heavily armed compound where women aren't allowed to wear makeup so yeah, that's a th- thing this I'm not is the do. brother who uh, who is. Uh... He used to be a TV wrestler to pick up extra money on the weekends, and he also played hockey. That is fantastic. And has teeth knocked out. A TV I, wrestler? Yes. It was called the Green Mountain TV Wrestling. How is it that the same like DNA strand produced that guy, and then you, and then, but, there's, but then there's enough sort of, like, but that the crossover is such that he thinks, I know that all it will take, all it will take to make Tim uh, more like me is a jerky boy's cassette. But, I mean, if you go back one generation, you find people who, you know, used to make fish head soup and thought it was a delicacy <laughs> to have every weekend. You want some? Oh, yes. More than anything. More than anything. See, again, the, the like, the equivalent uh, to that in my life was my mom, who was always... My mom, who was always trying to convince me that if I would just try cow brains, maybe fried up in a pan for breakfast, I would find them to be a real delicacy. Ew. I'd find them to be something fantastic. My mom would always try to serve me tongue. I, I was ser- I was served tongue by my mother, Sarah. Um, <laughs> I ate tongue long before you did. <laughs> I, I have been a tongue connoisseur from way back. What? 
She come out of my house. Mom's going to be serving us all tongue tonight. Uh. Um, the, I, I think I've told the story before, but when I was about eight years old, uh, my friend Brian came over to my house because it was, you know, the thing of like, why don't you come over to my house and you can have dinner and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, see, you know, we'll, we'll play that Atari 2600 until the cows come home or whatever. And, uh, so he, he come, he got off the school bus with me and we went, we went home and, you know, and I was always talking about what a great, you know, cook my mommies in a sort of Peggy Hill kind of a way, um, in a sort of meat and potatoes staples sort of fashion. And so this, my friend from school, you know, we get off the bus, we walk home. I'm all like excited. We, you know, we walk into the kitchen and there's something simmering in a saucepan. I'm like, let's see what my mom is making for dinner. It's fantastic. And I take off the pan and there's like the big tongue just uh-huh. cooking in there. And it's like, here's the thing. I mean, it, it, like if you didn't know what it was and if you couldn't recognize it, in other words, if somebody were just to sort of, you know, like take a chunk of it and stick it on a sandwich and give it to you. You know, it tastes fine. You're not going to notice what it is. In other words, it doesn't have a taste that's any different than the rest of the cow, in my opinion. It, but it's not really the taste that's the issue. It's the fact that it's you pick it up. Buds. And it's the, well, and it's also the fact that hello, it's a tongue. Ugh. And I mean, there's just something wrong about that. There's something in you that rebels at the idea of eating the tongue of a cow. And I guess maybe there's no different, like eating like leg or something that shouldn't make a difference but by god it does and i looked around and he was gone it was like a roadrunner cartoon where there was just like a dust cloud and he was and he was out of there and uh he never came to my house again the end there you go all right i don't know what started this uh your brother giving jerky boys cassette for christmas what better way to celebrate the birth of jesus by the way than to have a guy pretending to be the egyptian magician asking for it to be pierced in a sensitive area on that note, uh, we have more, more news from Tim Riley coming up uh, and uh, so forth. It's uh, the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley later on. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Another installment of Mystery Guest. And we'll answer the burning question. Is Sarah Dillon, in fact, a cougar? Answer, she is not. There we go. The end. Back after this. Stay there. Broadcasting from the greatest city of... We'll do it live! Oh, well, all right, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Action. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. In mere moments, we'll have more news from Tim Riley later on. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Talking about... Uh, really, there's no point in gilding the lily here. It's just apparently things are getting uh, worse and worse with every passing moment everywhere on planet Earth in every way. Uh, today's installment, General Motors will continue just... You know, it, it's amazing that somebody hasn't found... Uh, what's his name? Michael Moore and asked him his thoughts about this because he did that whole thing about General Motors and Roger and me in Flint, Michigan. We're about so, to become 70% owners of GM. mean like you and me personally? You and me personally. Fantastic. Well, we're the taxpayers. I won't be here tomorrow. So go buy a car. That's great. So let me understand this. So not only here's the great uh, thing about this whole General Motors uh, fiasco is that not only are you and I and everyone else, John Q. Taxpayer, Tim, not only are we about to become 70% owners of General Motors. Of cars you won't buy anyway, even though we owned it. That's the thing. That's exactly exactly what I was going to say. Not only are they taking our money without asking for it, but they're using it to buy something that clearly we don't want to own. It's like, why don't we just go out and buy a, a, a rabbit ear factory for tea, or <laughs> some black and white televisions? Can I buy something that makes Adobe Homes, please? That'd be fantastic. Jesus, God Almighty. I mean, what are the... Uh, Let's invest in Quonset huts. <laughs> Those are the homes of the future. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> 
It's it's like if they're going to sort of bend us over and hork us out of about, you know billions of dollars, why don't they do that and then invest in something that seems to be making some money? I mean, I I mean, I don't mean to talk crazy or whatever, but I mean, if the government is really going to engage in this quasi-socialist behavior of jacking us out of our tax dollars and then buying a company with it, why don't they buy a company that's not like five jillion dollars in the red and about to go bankrupt? Um, hey, so we have some clarification on this 911 call. Mm-hmm. So apparently this woman who called 911 because she wanted the cute cop to come to her home, she is in, wait for it, Hillsborough. A woman who called 911, it says, in hopes of another look at, quote, the cutest cop I've ever seen in God knows how long. We need to get that cop on the show. Uh, maybe you should call 911 and tell him, hey, we have a morning show We'd like for a cop to uh, to come by and pay He's us a visit. really cute. Um, she won't go to jail for misusing the emergency system, a judge decided, and this is a new story. This is from May 27, 2009. She will do two years of probation, 100 hours community service. Um, let's see. The judge said, quote, people who are, I wish I had an audio uh, clip of the judge saying this. The judge said, quote, People who are, oh, I don't know, older than seven know not to use 911 except when there's an emergency. Washington County Judge Marco Hernandez told Lorna Dudash, 45, of Aloha. Her dream deputy came to the door on June 15th along with another officer to tell her to turn down her music. Afterwards, she called emergency dispatchers. You just heard that. She says, I'm 45. How sad that this would be the leadoff statement in her 911 call, too. I'm 45 years old, and I'd just like to meet him again. What's your emergency? My emergency is that time is running out and I'm becoming wrinkled. Uh, but I don't My know how emergency to... is I re- just went out of Jenny Craig. <laughs> she says, I don't know how to go about meeting him without calling 911. The deputy went back to arrest her. She oh, pled no. guilty. That, that's so great that they sent the same cop back, by the way. She pled guilty Thursday. She could have gotten a year in jail. Oh, to have been there when she answered the door and it was the same cop. Ma'am, and then... uh, I'm here to cuff you. Oh, would you like a piece of pie? <laughs> I've come back to put you in jail. Let's go. Uh, that's wonderful. All right. But who's going to take care of my cat? It's not just one cat, Tim. You, Ma'am, I'm not here to pet your cat. I'm here to arrest you. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 5.50. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs in the 70s. Back up into the 80s tomorrow. Residents of the Laurelhurst Neighborhood Association have met to discuss the street name change for 39th. They're trying to stop the name change from 39th to Ceci Chavez Boulevard. The street runs through the heart of their neighborhood, and they feel the change would be detrimental to 39th because it's a familiar name. Well, I hear that it's not like 39th is some historic street or whatever, but I would say this. The difference between 39th and some of the other streets is that 39th is, is used as a point of navigation by a lot of people. If you live in southeast Portland, 39th, it, it, it's going to mess up my GPS. It's, well, that's A, it's going to mess up your GPS. B, everybody who lives on 39th or has a business on 39th is going to be obliged to change everything. And then nobody's going to, re- here's the thing, and then they're going to change it, and nobody's going to acknowledge the change anyway. Well, can it be 38th then? Be, yeah, well, like 82nd's the Boulevard of Roses or something now. Well, it's and not just that, but it's like every time they, is it really? Yeah, they changed it to something. Is that to get rid of the whores? That's not going to work, by the yes. way. Whoever did that. It, Broken that, Promise Land <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> Shattered Dream Lane. Um, I got two things. One, this never works because it always takes a generation for any of these name changes to take effect. Because you ask, I don't know when the front NATO thing happened. You know when it stopped being just because it was just it's still confusing. I don't know if that's front or NATO right there. It's both. It, it has two names. That's the thing. It's just like uh, how Heather has two mommies. This street has two names, right? It was front for the longest time, and then they added NATO to it. But if you ask people over a certain age, 
they don't even, it's like how that Grandpa Simpson thing of, I'll be damned if I'm going to acknowledge Missouri. There's all kinds of people who will who don't call it NATO just because they grew up with it being called Front. And then you wonder, is it called NATO due to the North American Treaty Organization, or is it named after somebody named NATO? <laughs> We'll have a, we'll have another one that's uh we'll have another one that's the that's the Warsaw Pact. That would um, be great. So, but it takes like seventy years because everybody who was alive when it was called the old thing, they all have to die out for the name change to actually sort of kick in. Everybody to begin using that. But thirty ninth is used as a major navigational point for people in Southeast Portland, which is why your point about it being thirty eighth instead is really one that people ought to consider. But of course, they won't do that. Also, this, I mean, here's a dumb question: Why does it always have to be a street? I mean, when did we latch onto the idea? And I don't have anything against Cesar Chavez. I don't care. Have a little park. That would be nicer with a statue. Isn't a park a much better idea? I think so. When did we latch onto the idea that it had to be a street that you named somebody after? Like, why? I mean, that just well, seems... People like to be belligerent. But I... Yes, they do, Tim. But it seems oddly random. You know what I mean? I think. I mean, I think we're now we're just sort of in the mode where we accept a street naming after somebody is the thing you're supposed to do. But why is that the case? Like, why can't it be a park, for example? That would be great. Or why can't it be, I mean, you know, why can't it be just, you know, they put up a statue or they put up a something somewhere. Um, we've somehow arrived at the conclusion that there is no higher honor than to put, and it's all, like, here's the thing about 39th, too. It's just big sections of 39th that you don't want to be, you don't want to associate it with, uh, with your name. There's whole, as somebody who lives in Southeast Portland, let me tell you, there's all kinds of places on 39th that you do not want associated with you and your legacy as a person, as a human. Um, so anyway, how about a bridge? A bridge would be Sound fine. A bridge. And here's the thing about a bridge in a park too, is there, I mean, I guess a street is a finite distance as well, but it's, but it's, it's long. I mean, it stretches a vast distance as opposed to a bridge or a park, which is in one small area and doesn't affect, uh, you know, navigation in any real way. Cause nobody really uses a park to navigate. So it just seems like it's a, it just seems like it's going to gum up the works. Well, let's do one more, and then we'll uh, get caught up around the uh, corner here. A 10-year-old Vancouver boy is still recovering after being hit by a truck as he was skateboarding while talking on his cell phone. 10-year-old Lou Searle was speaking to mom at the same time as she warned him to be careful. This was seconds before he was hit. He's now in stable condition with a skull fracture in the manual. How old is he? 10. Uh, see, we, uh, well, all right, fine. Well, on that note, I'll tell you what, let's just, we'll do this. We'll get uh, caught up straight ahead. We have uh, more news later on. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will be here. We'll have the mystery guest coming up today at 7.20 a.m. And a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy. There's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Here's ACDC. National specialists will be on site at all three locations. Head out this incredible Saturday for incredible blowout prices at the Washington County Fairgrounds, Motosport Hillsboro, and their huge acre-sized warehouse. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a bit, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Later on, another exciting installment of Mystery Guest. I'm and, so excited for this. All right, so how much information am I going to be given this time? Um. Well, this person is an expert on something, so maybe we'll let you know what they're an expert on. Well, everybody's an expert on something, Sarah. What is? Uh, what is it? What does it mean that they're an expert on something? Um. So this person... Uh, has a blog that the, that's dedicated to something that's very dear to them. Mm. Is this person selling something? 
No. All right. So they're just they just go. It's uh, it's for yeah. It's it's for. Love so they of, they just do interviews talking about their blog. Well, the person doesn't actually really do a lot of interviews either. I don't understand. So Nibbler found this person online. All right. When so he was looking. Uh, when he was looking for a specific. All right. Let's back up for a second. So. Uh, okay, so does this person know that they're, I mean, they know they're doing a radio interview, yes. right? Okay, so they, in other words... And, he's, and, and Nibbler did listen to a couple of interviews that the guy's done. Okay, so the mystery guest thing is is, is only going uh, one way right now. In other words, it, it, I don't know who it is, and I'm only going to be given like 20 seconds or something to prepare, yes. but they know that they're coming on, they know they're coming on the radio, they know they're being interviewed. Uh-huh. All right, well, what is it? And then, can we do the same thing as last time where Greg and I get to tell um, the audience before you? Yeah, well, we'll let, yeah, we'll sort of clue everybody before I did it what before i do it what sort of give me an example of what it's like in other words don't tell me who this person is that i'm going to be interviewing but what would a comparison be okay like for example like a woman who loves shoes okay so it is girls love shoes it is somebody who has a specialized interest exactly a blog completely dedicated to shoes writes like at least one blog a day about how much she loves shoes and what kind of um like what kind of new shoes there are? So this would be like if I had to talk to a guy who has some sort of a some sort of a hot dog collection at home, where he tries yes. to buy one of every kind of hot dog that's ever been made anywhere, and then he encases them in lucite and puts them in his living room on a series of shelves uh, and takes photos of them and creates an all-encompassing online blog uh, discussing his love of all things hot dogian. Did Nibbler tell you? Yeah, I'm just. But it's, so it's it's so it's something like that. Yes. All right. Uh, they don't have like a speech impediment or something, do they? This is going to be not one of those things. Knowledge. No, it is well, no, that you, you can't say things like not to my knowledge because no, that I've, I've makes sp- me suspicious. I've never spoken to the person. No, no, I, I have no idea. I'm sure That's, that they don't. That sounds like a weasel phrase. Like when I say, so they're not going to come on and have Tourette's. And you go, I don't know. I've never talked to them on the no, phone myself. Honestly, I've never I've never heard this person talk. Nibbler has listened to um, the person on the Internet. Have we spoken to this person on the phone? Anybody? Has anybody talked I to think, this mystery guest? No, Greg hasn't talked to him either. Okay. I don't know. I like. I would say a speech impediment is probably the the smallest thing you need to worry about. Filling me with doubt. All right, Tim Riley. What uh, headlines are we following on this Wednesday morning? Well, it looks like Ashton Kutcher's worried about Twitter stalkers. Richard Branson is interested in buying Playboy magazine. A tiger kills a zookeeper in broad daylight in front of all the people who stop by to see the tiger. Could AT and T have manipulated the outcome of American Idol? Some think so. Was it you that was showing me that photograph of Adam Lambert where he's, it's like he's trying to do, like he's trying to conjure up Madonna era, circa like 1989 or something? Yes. Where it's like him flanked by the sort of like the sexy backup dancers. And he looks like Liza Minnelli. He really does. There's something, there's something sort of strangely otherworldly about him. He kind of looks, here's the thing, and he's a little chunky to my eyes as well. I mean, I'm not, look, it's not like I'm some fashion plate or anything. I'm just saying. It seems like he's a guy who could go full fat pretty easily. Uh, right now, he's you know, sort of, which is sort of he is kind he like of a thin fat person right now, where you can see the fat person inside. Of him? He kind of looks like uh, one. Who's the fat Madden brother from Good Charlotte? You know what I'm talking about? There's ben, Joel and there's Benji. Benji. I think it's Benji. Who's the one who was like in the video where he was wearing the handkerchief around his like to cover his fat neck? That's Benji. It was what was that? I don't remember what the song was for. That's a band that just vanished. It was in the anthem something. It wasn't, but I see. I don't think it was. It wasn't that. It wasn't Life's Out the Rich and Famous. It wasn't anything off that record. It was whatever the follow-up record to Young and the Hopeless was. But there's that video where it takes place in the suburban street. And it's like a black and white thing, and the good Charlotte dudes are all like rocking out in the garage because they're taking it back to the suburbs, or whatever. And there's the one guy who I think is with 
Nicole Richie or somebody? Yeah, Joel is. Okay, and he was and the they guy. Just, they had the baby and like still knocked up. Yeah, I think he looked normal, but but then it was like the other guy who was playing the guitar, and he had it was like he had this Jesse James thing going on, like he was going to be robbing a bank in the old west, but it was clearly there just to hide his waddle because the, like, the record label didn't want to spring for CGI, and they didn't like there wasn't enough scotch tape in the world to be sort of pulling back the neck fat. So they were like, I, and I wish I could have just been on set when we're filming that video. Because you can sort of see the, the the cinematographer who has like the eyepiece or whatever, like the Cecil B. DeMille thing that he looks through going, I don't know, there's something ruining the shot. I No, it's your colossal neck fat. Um, How do you feel about a neck truss of some kind? Hold on. It just I can just imagine they were just putting all of the like, weird structuring on his neck, just trying to pull it taut to try to make him look less portly. And then eventually, I mean, what methods must they have gone through before they just decided he was going to put like a... Like a like hang basically a drop cloth in front of his face. I mean that's when you know that really your your eating has gone your eating has gone <laughs> around the bend. When they're having to just hang a sheet in front of sections of your face for your video. Seriously, you're a millionaire. Like take the fork out of your. I mouth. mean that really yeah, or just have it sucked away or something. There's, there's guys in Hollywood who will do that even if you don't need it. There's guys who will do that. So that's what Adam Lambert looks like. He looks like the fat good Charlotte brother, except he's doing that thing of posing with. Here's what the photograph looks like, and then we'll uh, do this. We'll uh, play some rock, uh, and then we'll have uh, Steve Kastenbaum from uh, New York City who will describe the latest financial outrage and the latest failing business that we're going to be forced to pay for. Um, the Adam Lambert photograph, do you remember in the REM video for Losing My Religion, where at one point there's like the sexy black angels? Where it's like, they kind of look like the sexy black Jesus from uh, from Like a Prayer, but they have but they're winged. It looks like he is posing with those guys. It's just, it's it's an altogether strange photograph. So, uh, anyway. All right, so straight ahead, we have uh, Steve Kastenbaum later on, mystery guest. And uh, speaking of mystery guest, we have, uh, we have a guest announcement for Friday. Yes. That we'll make later on in this hour. We have a great guest coming up on Friday. We will uh, announce that later on in this hour. Tomorrow, uh, Don Rawich, who is the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail. It's all very exciting. Here's Rage Against the Machine. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson Show. Did he strike you as being a creepy guy who enjoyed lap dances? Well, no. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Here's the thing about that. I'm going to quit pointing out how strange all those out-of-context sound bites are because I realize that I'm never going to remember why I said any of them in the first place. It's a mystery that can never be unraveled. So what I'm going to... just say? Something about lap dancing. I... And then Tim chimes in. It's all very odd. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. About an hour from now, we will have uh, this week's installment of The Mystery Guest. As chosen by uh, Greg Nibbler, agreed upon by Sarah Dillon, and apparently uh, of unfathomable difficulty for me, Rick Emerson. You know, as much as I like to see you squirm, I'm really nervous for you. See, I'm not nervous at all, but maybe that's that's because, well, it's definitely because I don't know who it is. So here's the great thing about the mystery guest. It's impossible for me to be nervous, uh, like, ahead of time. You know what? I'll be nervous, oh, like, we'll do, we maybe, gonna... like, 20 seconds or so uh, before I start it when you actually tell me. Not now. Well, you got nervous when we uh, told the listeners before. Yeah, but I'm over that now. 
So it is like I have the thing about it is it, it's 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 like a blank uh, a slate. It is just a tabula rasa. So I have nothing about which to be nervous. Okay, well then I'll stop feeling sorry for you. Yeah, I mean, don't feel sorry. I mean, yeah, if you told me if, if like if you told me now and it was just something that I thought was absolutely impossible or completely undoable, then I'd dwell on it for an hour. The great thing about having no information is is that there's nothing to uh, to there's make no me fear. unnerved. Yeah, so that's uh, you know it's it, it it's sort of like it's sort of like if um. You had, uh, you know, uh, like a, a a a brightly and festively wrapped surprise that you were going to be giving me next hour, and it had like a bow on it, and it had some you know, sort of a, you know jolly wrapping paper on the outside. And if I knew inside that it was really just a hammer that came out and kicked me in the junk, you know. But you said, "Hey, in an hour, you got to open this." I mean, then I might think on it for an hour, and I would be, you know, I'd be unnerved by the whole prospect. But if I just, you know, if I had no idea, then it's going to be less unnerving. Okay. Uh, we'll get uh, seeing a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, in just one moment. Tim uh, Riley, what headlines are we following today? Well, it looks like you won't be seeing the sign Washington Mutual in the coming days. It's going to all be swallowed up by Chase, which is bad news. Because they did away, even with giving away dog treats at the drive-up window, they're so cheap now. As long as they still have that creepy ATM that tries to talk to me like it's a person. Oh, they'll still have that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What else do we have? Oregon's unemployment rate exceeds the state's by a hair. An Ohio clown is arrested for driving drunk, driving without a license, driving without insurance, and having the intention of driving to a children's party to blow up balloons drunk. It's the happiest clown watch of all. So we'll have uh, that here in just a uh, just a skosh. All right. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent and man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Um, so we've asked this question sort of rhetorically uh, a couple of times today. but And I'm not saying that you're going to have a better answer than, you know, than anybody in this room. So if we're being obliged to own 70% of General Motors... Does it seem like a bad idea for the government to, A, come and forcibly take our money, B, use it to buy something that they didn't ask our permission to buy, and C, be buying something that clearly isn't making any money? Why doesn't the government come and take a bunch of our money and use it to buy a business that's profitable? seems like that might work out better for everybody. But, but that's the short-term uh, outlook. Yes, I'm, look down I'm not saying the, the bigger picture, yes. Look at the bigger picture. Down the road, GM's growing in China, still very popular there. Uh, they, they do well in Europe, uh, although they're probably going to uh, sell off a, a line there. And, and, you know, they do well in, in South America. And, but auto sales are down all around the world. They, it's, they, they say it's not GM's fault. It's the economy. So, you know, it, they're not to blame necessarily for their, their downfall. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not here. I can, in other words, I can't tell if you are passing along the party line that they have uh, sort of put forward to the, to, the, you know, to the press and you are dutifully doing your job as a journalist and just conveying the facts and the information that have been given to you by General Motors and the government, uh, or if, in fact, that uh, you are spiking that with any, uh, any amount of cynicism. I, then I have done my job well, and I uh, can't guess either one. <laughs> because here's the thing: when you say I'm not looking at the bigger picture, and that you know it's only temporary, and they're going to rebound because the rest of the world is going to keep buying cars, the American economy is going to be on the mend. Here's how I know that's not true. It's not true because if it were true, there would be somebody else, like Reed, not me, stepping up to buy General Motors. There'd be another company buying it. Yeah, well, let me put it to you this way: uh, the trading day begins uh, in about four minutes here in New York. I am uh, online right now, as we talk, selling all of my GM stock. <laughs> Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, can you hear me tapping the keyboards? Wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me do this here. 
logging into my account. I kid you not. Don't you think is okay? So don't you think there ought to be if you're dealing with you know trading stocks or something online? Don't you think they ought to build in they ought to build in some sort of you know the, the, the macro on like a key like you can press F12 or something and it's just like the dump all button. <laughs> There should be. You know, if you, if you pay for the, um, you know, the better quality accounts, you know, you can subscribe to all different level accounts. They do have that, like the immediate trade button. Really? Yeah. Is it like it's just a huge red, like, get out of this now, where there's some guy, and that's, it, you press it, and it just triggers a shock collar of some guy who's on the trading floor, and he immediately just has to get all uh, Dan Aykroyd in, uh, in trading places and begin shouting, like, sell, sell, and, you know, signing things and handing things out, and, you know, meanwhile, there's a guy in a room somewhere chewing on a cigar and reading that ticker tape as it comes out of that weird dome-shaped thing. Does anybody still have a ticker tape? I wonder if that exists anywhere. I don't know. Those things are fantastic. Uh, it, I mean, the, here's the thing. Those ticker tape machines that look like, you know what they look like? They look like one of those weird glass-domed uh, clocks with the little balls inside that spin back and forth, and it plays Handel's Messiah at noon or something. Those ticker tape machines are really, they have a certain sort of uh, romance about them. I think because we've seen them used and they've been a prop and they've been depicted in so many old films or whatever. And here's the other great thing about those machines. Those machines um, are great also because they were part of, they were a little piece of anecdotal evidence uh, as to how bad the crash of 29 was, because there's a story you always hear about how the market was falling so fast on the uh, cusp of the Great Depression that the machines actually couldn't keep up. It was spitting out paper as fast as it could, and it couldn't keep up with how quickly everything was just going into the toilet. That's, so. that's true. And and now they uh, they have all those... Uh electronic stops that, that automatically kick in if it drops a certain amount of points within a certain amount of time. But back then, they didn't have that. You're right. Hey, listen, I, I put in my, my sell order. We'll see what happens in two minutes here. Because you know why I'm selling it? I just watched uh, CNN's Christine Romans on TV, and she said typically when uh, a company like this files for bankruptcy, uh, the, the stock is basically just wiped out. The bondholders get paid first. And uh, the guys with options, and, 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 and then the stockholders are basically, you know, forgotten about. So, I, uh, uh, I, I find it hard to believe that you don't have faith in our government's ability to turn this around and make it a flourishing, cash-rich company once again, Steve. I was in it up until the end. I really had confidence that the government would be able to apply pressure and get these bondholders who own uh, $27 billion worth of GM bonds. I thought the government was going to be able to, to apply the pressure to get them to... to cave in and and trade some of those bonds because here's the deal gm had to pay them a billion dollars they still have to by june 1st and gm doesn't have the money so uh, they said listen we can't pay you the 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 money how about we give you stock instead and the bondholders said no now here's here's the rub when when gm files for bankruptcy which is all all more or less a done deal now when they file for bankruptcy those bondholders are going to get less than what they were offered in this deal I mean, here's the thing. I find it admirable and, you know, sweet in a way that you had faith up until just this very moment in the government's ability to bring pressure to bear in the appropriate areas and to uh, make people kind of cough up the doveo. But here's the thing. We can't make other countries do anything, and we have nuclear weapons pointed at them. You know what I mean? Like, we can't even get Kim Jong-il to come out and show us where he's, you know, where his house is. We have no idea. Nobody even sees that guy except in archival footage. You know, we can't get Fidel Castro to do anything, and he's like a hundred years old, and he's on an island the size of a postage stamp. So, and again, nuclear weapons. So, the the idea that just with like harsh language, uh, we're going to get some guys to fix uh, General Motors just seems it just it, it just seems like it's not going to happen. And my other question is, 
So if, as Tim Riley was pointing out, uh, we, the taxpayers, are going to have to buy like 70% of this company. So who then, uh, how do I put this? Who does, the, if the government owns GM, who are they, do, do, uh, do they answer to the stockholders? In other words, could the stockholders tell the government what to do now? No, the government basically, when when they when when the bankruptcy protection uh, you know goes into effect, when they eventually file for it, the government will basically be telling them what they can and can't do. I mean, that that's really simplifying it. But but you know, GM will have to present uh, their plans, uh, their 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 balance sheets uh, to a judge, and the judge will oversee all of their restructuring. And and you know. A lot of a lot of uh, analysts say this is good for GM because then we can once and for all have a, 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 a complete telling of what's going on at that company, and and they can restructure it and set it straight and make it healthy for the future. I That's- think for every quarter that it is proven that General Motors behaves irresponsibly or that they do not act in the best interests of um, of their stockholders and the company, I think the entire board should have to go to work without pants. And they should have to walk down, find whatever the largest street nearby is, whatever the sort of main thoroughfare is. They have to, and you know what? Here's the thing. And, and they don't have to do anything else. I mean, no other penalties brought to bear. They're not going to accrue any other sort of fines or fees or levies or whatever. But they have to walk to work. They can have underwear on. They just have to walk to work without pants, and they have to spend the entire workday without pants. They cannot have pants until the, uh, until the close of business every day. I would say that's uh, probably going to have the effect that you would uh, want, you know, the the embarrassment that you're looking for. Because clearly the idea that we can just expect them to behave in a responsible fashion, that's just, uh, that's naive. That's just misguided at this juncture, Steve. You know, in the New York Times, uh, the write-up today, they said uh, uh, GM, the employees used to say, stood for generous motors, and now it's going to stand for government motors. Yeah. Well, Maybe if they weren't generous all those years, they'd be in better shape today. Really, nothing fills me with confidence uh, like the idea that the federal government... Uh, by the way, the federal government can't even fix... The, there's been a pothole in front of my house. Uh, now, I know that's not the federal government, but I mean, really, the, the government can't pave roads correctly. So uh, it's not like I'm just filled with hope at the idea that they're going to manage one of the largest corporations on Earth. All right, well, on that note, uh, are, you, are you done unloading your stock, sir? Yeah, I did. I took a loss, but, you know, better than getting completely wiped out, I suppose. Excellent. There you go. All right, my friend, until next time, have a, a fantastic day. Take care. There you go. See you in the radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. It's fantastic. He was Nothing up- like investing right now. <laughs> it was so great that we could actually hear the keyboard clatter as he was unloading all of his General Motors stock on the phone with us. Uh, it's awesome. Fortunately, you, I don't own anything. You know what I... <laughs> you mean you don't own any stock? <laughs> General Motors. I used to have different things, but not anymore. <laughs> I don't own anything. Things? I have no things. I do have some CBS talk. Well, look well, at which this. Which is doing better than some other I was going to say, when in doubt, just put it next to some intercom stock and it'll look bigger. Exactly. You know yeah, what I'm talking about, guys. Stock. I, we all know. It's uh, 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Next hour, we have the uh, mystery guest later on, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian, who flatly told me he would not do the interpretive cat dance unless we paid him. That's not going to happen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city of... Effing thing sucks! Effing! We'll do it live! Oh, well, all right, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. 
Coming up next hour, we have mystery guests, as well as uh, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian. He'll be joining us at uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, today, we have a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy. We're giving that away at some point. And uh, a mystery guest, no longer. We can announce that on Friday, we'll be having an interview with Seth MacFarlane. Of Family Guy, American Dad uh, fame. That's so awesome. I was up to lunch with my friend yesterday, and we had just um, been talking about Family Guy. And then I get the call from MTV. Uh, about Would Seth you like to interview like, Seth MacFarlane? Yes. Oh, that is. Uh, and here's the here's the great thing is, is so I had I'd taken a nap yesterday, which I don't, I don't typically do. But I'd taken a nap and I turned my phone off because I was, you know, just like, I, you know, cause it's that thing where the phone never rings until you try to take a nap and then it just rings constantly. So I turned it off and I woke up, forgot to turn it back on. And then when I finally bothered to check my BlackBerry, there was just this whole like, chain of emails about the Seth MacFarlane thing. And then I did that thing where you just skip to the last email in the chain and you read your way all the way back through to see what happened. And it had already resolved itself. So you had already scheduled it. And so it's, it's not going to be live. It's going to be taped. We're taping it. Uh, we're interviewing Seth MacFarlane tomorrow, Thursday. We'll play it back on Friday. And by we, I mean I, because you won't be here, Yes, sadly. So, Which is a cruel fate. And it I, is. It, it, it's, it's so... Um, because you're the bad. one who kind of turned me on to Family Guy, because I resisted it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I dug my heels in, and I, and I didn't want to like Family Guy. I just had this whole, like, I, re- I refuse to acknowledge that it's funny. And then you kind of made me watch it, and I had to admit that it was pretty great. So, so I'm so I'm a fan, but you're a much more long term fan. Uh, so you have to think Anything of something in this. life can be applicable to Family Guy. It really is true. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It is six forty-three. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs in the seventies. Back into the eighties tomorrow. It's going to stay that way for a couple of days. A merciless thug who terrorized the gorge for five months in two thousand seven has finally been brought to justice. Rigoberto Maldonado robbed a pair of college students of their cell phone, cash, and car keys, leaving them stranded. Then, in another case. He ordered a pregnant woman and her two kids to the floor of a restaurant, causing her to go into convulsions. Then he went on to assault teenage girls visiting scenic areas of the gorge. I was going to ask, who is there to terrorize on the gorge? There's really nothing there. There's just uh, tourists and, you know, people on vacation. So this piece of human scum has been ordered to spend 27 years behind bars. Excellent. We're all a little bit better for that. A dozing driver has driven his pickup into a reservoir. 51-year-old Michael Robert got that sinking feeling as he veered off the road, Highway 58, about 10 miles west of Oak Ridge. He was able to get out as the truck quickly became submerged. To make matters worse, he's then charged with driving with a suspended license, failure to maintain a single lane, and driving uninsured. Excellent. Good for him. Well, if you're going to fail, fail big, I guess. Yes, people are confused about the new downtown transit mall. Drivers must now share... Fifth and Sixth Avenues, stay in the left lanes, no right turns. Bicyclists, you have to use the left lane, and you can only make right turns. Wait, and, wait, and then wait, you have to walk your bike. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just... This is all to bring people downtown. Jesus. All to bring people downtown. Well, I'm going to Washington Square from well, now on. It sounds easy, Tim. It sounds so smooth you like and trouble-free. this? The please, new rules? Please do. I mean, I won't remember them, but let's pretend for the moment that I'll retain this knowledge. Go this ahead. This is the new downtown transit mall to bring people downtown, to make things easier for everyone. So if you're driving, you must now share 5th and 6th Avenue. Oh, let's take this one at a time. Wasn't that always the case, though? Wait, hold on. No, no, no. no it wasn't. It was the just... Runway. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you, we, we say share them. Share them with buses. Yes. That was always the case, that okay. you had to do that. Isn't that big? Isn't well, that... it must be different if they said it. Isn't one of those streets the one that the theater's oh, no, on? You have to stay in the left lanes, though. Uh, because there's that one. What is that street? Is it 5th? That when you're... Listen to how relatable we are. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that the street that 5th when you're going... 
down fifth, which is eastbound. You're headed east. Um, that you go. It's right as you're getting towards the theater, and it's no, and fifth it, heads north. That's well, what? What am I saying? The theater is on. What did Broadway. I say? North. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it, but it suddenly turns into a left turn only. In other words, that your forward motion is stopped, and you have to turn left. It's by that McDonald's. And the, there's the there's like the big government building is right there. You know what I'm talking about? But that's Broadway, so not yeah. fifth and sixth. Yeah, that's a lot higher. Okay, now we're really confusing okay. people. So on fifth and sixth, <laughs> you have to stay in the left hand lane. Yes, be, because the buses no right are in the right hand lane. Mm, I guess so. Then the bicyclists have to use the left lane and can only make right turns. Uh, and they also have to walk their bike through crosswalks. Well, what the hell sense does it make of the? Why does the bike have to make a right hand turn in if, front of the bus? Yeah, you you can cut in front of a bus. No, you're not supposed to go in front of a bus anymore. Wait, hold on. But if you, this doesn't make any sense. I say to the surprise of no. Should I pick a different story? No, no, no. I I want to figure this out. But at the same time, here's the thing. Don't you want to understand this? But at the same time, you realize you you never will. No, because it's a losing proposition. No matter who wins. Why is a bicycle allowed to turn right, which presumably means that they can be in the right lane with the buses? Yet cars can is are they, is it because bicycles just take up less space and so therefore they well, figure they're easy to clean up afterwards if they're hit by a bus than an automobile. Wow! All you need is one of those. Well, never mind. One of what, Tim? One of what? Yeah, a hose, whatever. So moving moving forward. Uh, so everyone's warned to be wary of all confused drivers, frustrated cyclists, and quiet max trains that could all run them over. So is the theory though that if you get ten bikes in a row, it's still not as much space as like ten cars in a row, which is why bikes can share that lane with buses, but cars have to be in the left hand. No, I don't no, know. But bikes have to, no, that doesn't make any sense either because you just said they both have to be in the left hand lane. The only difference is which way they can turn. Right. Just a minute. Let's go back here. I think we, uh, okay. Drivers must stay in the left lanes. Bicyclists must also use the left lane. I'm going to go back and double check this story. No, it doesn't make any sense. No, sir, and, I, here's, and this is turning into like a who's on first thing, but I find this fascinating. All right, all right so drivers, Because they just spent like $5 billion redoing this. I oh. know, and nobody's going to be happy. Okay, so. Because nobody can do anything anymore. <laughs> There's no fun of any kind. So on 5th and 6th. Yes. Cars and bikes must both be in the left-hand lane, presumably so buses and the Max or whatever can be in the right-hand lane. Now I don't trust this story. Well, it's not that I don't trust the story, Tim. I just don't trust the city or anybody who designed this. Because, first of all, if they had any—look, I I hate to be a guy like, you know, the darn government. But if they had any idea how to do this efficiently— it wouldn't have been run so immensely over time, and it wouldn't have cost more money than they planned for. Well, and, maybe they should buy one more car company than GM. And frankly, they're doing this so well. Does Portland strike you as the kind of city that can really design any roads to make sense anyway? No. no. I mean, nothing in this no. city, which is fine. I mean, it's part of our picayune charm, I suppose. But there's just nothing in this city makes sense in terms of road construction or the way that certain um, the highway systems interlace with one another. I mean, the whole thing is just a big boondoggle to begin with. Now, if you make a legal turn on 5th or 6th Avenue, you'll now be fined $200. Do not pass go. Okay, but what do but, but, but Yes. I don't understand, though. Bikes and cars are both... Only in the left lane. They can only use the left lane. Yes? That's what the story says. Okay. But I'm going to go back and double check But this. cars have to turn left and bikes have to turn that right? That is correct. That is correct. Okay, that doesn't make any sense at all. What is? Well, I didn't the, make these rules. What, why? What would, that, what would that be about? Okay. Oh, I guess it's because... Uh, it, all right. 
I just, I just, I just want to learn. All right, let's Driver, get it out. Drivers must share Fifth and Sixth Avenues and stay in the left lane. No right turns allowed. Bicyclists have to ride in the left lane and are not allowed to cut in front of buses and can only make right-hand turns off the mall by walking their bikes through crosswalks. This makes it worse. The more questions you ask. All right, this here we get a taunting email that says, "Do you even live here? Fifth downtown runs south, jackass." Oh, oh, thanks so much. It's I can just I never know what northeast. You know, here's the here's the way I have to think about it. I have to stop and I have to position myself like uh, mentally on the Hawthorne Bridge. And I have to figure out like where Lloyd Center is because that's just sadly enough that's my landmark. I can never tell when somebody says, "Well, you know that street runs south, you know north or whatever." I can never ever remember what runs any direction because I can never tell what direction well, I'm facing. Lamet's right there, and that is north south. Yeah, but that's okay. But that only works if I'm standing in front and I can see, uh, see the river. Like if I can't see the river, I have no idea what direction anything is. I yeah, and it doesn't. That's like that whole Sarah and I went to the wall, mall. Sarah and me went to the mall. Don't bother to call up and tell me that there's like a trick for remembering when it's me and when it's I. It's not going to work. I'm not going to remember it. Why don't you go to the mall separately? <laughs> Which direction is it though? Yeah. All right. So so, so what is still not understood? But okay. So but. I think I understand the source of the confusion here. Bikes actually can't turn at all. They have to cro- they have to walk through the crosswalk. Bikes cannot turn right. They can only make right-hand turns off the mall by walking their bikes through crosswalks. Okay, but that's you are not allowed to cut in front of buses anymore. Okay, so it, see, it causes too many problems. See that that was the confusion. I thought it meant that they literally that they could just stay on the bike and turn and bank and make a right-hand turn. No. You know, keeping their forward motion. They have to stop and walk across like a pedestrian. These are too many rules to remember. I know. Well, between the fear of getting my bike tires caught in the max track and now, like, being run over by a bus. I think I'm going to stay Can somebody hand out leaflets explaining these new rules as you enter downtown? All right, and is one of these trains the thing that brings criminals from Clackamas? Yes, that's why we're doing this whole thing. Can you tell me where that train is so I can avoid it? I just want to know how to stay away from the thing that brings uh, Clackamas people This is the one that goes by PSU now. All right, duly noted. PSU. What street is that? What street is that? I don't know. It's don't the one that I'm going to stay away uh, from. It's the one with all the blood. <laughs> Just it's look for the one that has all the crack vials and shell casings. All right, PSU Clackamas train. Hold on, avoid. All right, awesome. Jesus, God Almighty! I'm this exhausted. is just exa- seriously. It's completely exhausting. And I think I've just burned out transistors in my brain. And, and, and that here's way. the only reason I'm dwelling on this is because no, want you to. it seems like with the infinite time and money they took to redesign this whole section of downtown, don't you think they could have made it simpler? You know what I mean? I mean, it's and, not that big of an area, really. No, you can it, walk it in 10 minutes. That's the, that's the thing. They really, here's what so I would have accepted. they complicated 10 minute walk by instituting 50 new rules and fine you $200 if you break them. Would you have accepted this in exchange? Nothing. In... <laughs> I cannot be placated. Would you have accepted this instead of blowing all this money uh, to uh, to, to <laughs> import criminals, to import felons into downtown, and to, 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 to re- tear up the streets and to put in all this crap that nobody can understand? Wouldn't it have been better if they had just spent this money making huge parking structures, like four of them, one in each corner of downtown, and then you know what? You can just walk. You can just walk somewhere. Because that's the bigger problem in downtown, right? It's not like, it's not navigating the street. It's parking. There's nowhere to park. That's the big problem. There's nowhere to park. And so I would have accepted almost any inconvenience if they had just solved the parking problem instead. But of course, you know, they... sick and tired of them all. Maybe we can just name one of those streets after Cesar Chavez, you know, but not really tell anybody just to make it more confusing. Good God almighty. 
All right, what are these? Uh, what are the, this, I'm just going to read these call why descriptions. Don't, why don't they name the new train route to Clackamas County the Cesar Chavez Line? Tim, that's insulting. It's not that insulting. All right, uh, let's, uh, then change the name and go to the west side. How about this? Compliant. This I'm going to read this call. Lance feels it's not as complicated as you're making it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hang on. So we've uh, got some phone calls we'll get to on the other side. It feels great being live and local. Yes, it does, Tim. Jim works for TriMet. Can explain a little more about what's going on. I hope so. Well, that would be nice. It'd be nice to live in a world where that's possible. All right. Uh, so straight ahead, we'll take these uh, calls. We'll try to figure out the F is going on in downtown. Plus, a Tampa woman stops a carjacker with her own gun and makes him cry like a girl. That's awesome. I haven't even heard the sound, and I love it. Uh, mystery guest coming up next hour, Peter Carlin at 8 o'clock. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO here's Bad Religion. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, and good morning to you. It is Wednesday. It is uh, May 2009, May uh, 27th to be specific. Tim Riley, what stories are we working on on this May 27th? They are vast and numerous. A 50-year-old, make that a 90-year-old, dementia patient survives four days in the woods. California Supreme Court upholds the Prop 8 gay marriage ban. And Sonia Sotomayor, President Obama's nominee for the Supreme Court, is best known for helping to end the baseball strike back in 1995. I cannot wait for those confirmation hearings. That's going to be glorious. That's going to be some good times. Picking on girls. Oh, man. I, I, I'm not, I may not even leave the house. I might not even come to work. I might just do the Art Bell thing and just sit at home and just, you know, broadcast the whole thing in my underwear while sitting on, the, on, you know, on my couch. Because they're I'm just telling you right now, I'm just just from my perspective, this is really shaping up to be, I mean, like a full on borking uh, that's going to happen. So it just and just just a sheer um, uh, spectatorial position. Is that the word? Spectator? Spectatorial? You know what I'm talking about? Just for sheer entertainment value. There's just going to be nothing. Because it'd be, be like yesterday. I mean, I went home last night. I guess they announced it at what? 10 a.m., 9 a.m., something like that. They, they, she was going to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. I went home, turned on Anderson Cooper, which. Um, it was, I don't know, 7 o'clock, so I guess uh, whatever, the 10 o'clock their time. It was 7 o'clock our time, so they, they should, her name had only been out like like 8 hours or something. And they had already lined up a whole panel full of people that were just like sharpening the figurative knives. It was just, it was awesome. So, uh, you know, and I thought once the election was over, I didn't think we were going to get any blood in the water or anything. It's going to be, this is going to be quite a, quite a spectacle. I, for one, cannot wait. Uh, all right, so before we do anything else. We should say tomorrow. What is today? Today is Wednesday? Wednesday. Yes. All right. So tomorrow, we're going to be talking to Todd Phillips, who is the director of The Hangover. I had thought that was today, but it's not. It's uh, tomorrow. Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover. Also tomorrow, uh, Don Rawich. You may not know his name, but you more than likely know his greatest creation. He was the lead programmer and designer of the game Oregon Trail. Oh, the greatest game ever. It's really... He's, and he's just the coolest guy. So we're going to talk to him uh, tomorrow. Friday, Seth McFarlane of Family Guy fame. So what's... Uh... What a glorious week here. All right, so uh, let's talk to, this is Jim. It says here on the screen, Jim, quote, works for TriMet and can explain a little bit more about what's going on downtown with these sterling renovations that have brought change and progress to our fair city. Hello, sir. Yes, hello. Hi. So, please to explain now, this business of 5th and 6th and cars and bikes and who can turn right and left and what the hell is going on, please? Basically, what TriMet is trying to do is, uh, since the buses and the trains are going to be off to the right-hand side, 
They don't want anyone cutting in front of them, so that's why they say the only way that if you were to get to the right-hand side, it's like trying to turn left on Burnside. You can't do it. Yes. So basically what they're trying to do is make sure that no one does it. So the police have been going around a lot lately and busting people, giving them the same fine you would for running a red light or anything like that. The reason that bicyclists are able to turn right is because they essentially turn into pedestrians, wait for the lane, wait for the light to change, and cross um, so they're not essentially bicyclists anymore. All right, so see, that makes sense. That, that's the thing I was getting hung up on is when it said that bicycles had to, had to go right, I was thinking that they could just turn right without stopping their forward motion. In other words, that they could cycle right, but they have to stop and they have to walk their bike across and then get back on the bike in the lane once they're across the street and start biking again. So that makes sense, I guess. Um, the, the thing about, the, about cars having to turn left... I guess I just, I, I'm sort of unclear about whether that, I mean, look, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. TriMet clearly knows better than I do, but I, it, it seems like that is in some ways not even a time saver because what happens is it just, if you miss your turn, then you just are obliged to start going in circles so you can get this. So you get, and you've got to figure at 30% of cars probably don't realize you can't turn right and at the street they need until they get to that street, which means that they're going to start looping around to the left. And it seems like that probably causes a lot of congestion or something. That, that's possible, uh, hoping that people will actually pay attention to the signs. Uh, I've been walking around on 5th and 6th uh, throughout the weekend and, and after they put the bus mall back on 5th and 6th, and, you know, people are still making right-hand turns. Luckily, the trains aren't there and the buses aren't running as normal as they would. However, um, that's another reason why the police and, and security are out there citing the tickets. But um, if someone were to miss their turn or think that they could turn right, essentially they're just going to go down to the next street and have to loop a circle left. Oh, see, now... now uh, That's what they would have to do anyways. In order to make a right-hand turn, you've essentially got to make three left. Let me ask you this final question. Do, do you know, was there any thought given to this idea? I say with all my vast infrastructural knowledge, was there any thought given to, if you're on a one-way street and half the street is for trains and buses, the other half uh, is for cars... Where you would have a, at the stoplight, there would be one stoplight for the cars, one stoplight for the trains, uh, for the, for the max and the buses. And that way, if cars needed to make a right hand turn, in other words, that green would be, the green light would be split 50 50 between the two types of vehicles. And that, that could be a, a viable option. Um, however, the problem with that is when you have the train coming through, it's going to make the cars sit there for longer. That's causing more congestion. Ah, okay. That's a fair point. No, no, no. I totally get where you're coming from. All right, my friend. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Right, there you go. That is uh, Jim, who works for TriMet. And so. since downtown is this little plaything right now, they can do whatever they want. Now they are planning a buffered bike lane at Southwest Dark and Oak. What is a buffered bike lane? It's one whole lane for bikes instead of two lanes for cars. Mm. This is so confusing. So basically... That's going to be where? This is at... Southwest Dark and Oak. So they're making all these new rules, and all new the streets rules. have different laws, but you can get fined for everything. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. But uh, with Stark and Oak, how does that even work? Aren't those parallel to each other? Let's see. Isn't Because Oak is by Rocco's. Oak is that street. I, I know this because it's because it's near Powell's and Pizza. Oak. So it's it, in that general area. Oak is one street over from... Uh, You're right. They are parallel. From Burnside on the other side of Rocco's. Rocco's is between Oak and Burnside. And so perhaps on both then. So it is, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, Never mind, never mind, never mind. I'm backing away. It says here, Southwest Oak from NATO's 10th and Southwest Dark 
from 13th to NATO. All right. I see now. It's just, you know, I this can't is even, the buffered bike lane. can't even figure these things out. You know, we should get back on the show is that Greg Raisman guy. Uh, he was oh, the bike guy? with the department, uh, the uh, Portland Bureau of Transportation or PBOT. Uh, and he is the sort of the bike liaison uh, dude. So, all right, we should get him back at, at some juncture because he was actually able to. Uh, we had him on Outlook Portland a while back, and he was able to sort of lay all of this out in a way that didn't make me angry. This is going to be an enhanced bike lane. You know, it, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be just a bunch of enhanced punchings. The motor vehicle happen. lane will be removed on Stark and oh, Oak from that's... 13th and 10th, respectively, to NATO Parkway in order to create a wide bike-only lane. So, they're going to be fisticuffs. It's all okay. This is all I'm going to say, and then we, then we have to get caught up because we get the mystery guest uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. All I'm going to say is that part you're on of your own. That well, a you're on your own, but it's worse than being on your own. If you were on your own, that's one thing. It's not that you're on your own. It's that the government is there uh, deciding how you should drive. If the government really like let us be on our own, things would go for, a lot better. For this new car only lane, everyone's forced to drive a GM car. And that is see that that's exactly the place where we don't need to be doing that because that's what the guy was just talking about. Where you get near Burnside, where you cannot get off of Burnside. And you get stuck going all the way up to, you know, like the top of the hill because you can't make a left-hand turn. And so everybody pulls off at the first opportunity, which is like Burnside and, I don't know, like maybe 16th or something. So that area gets congested really quickly anyway. Uh, all right. I'm filled with As long as it doesn't affect 23rd, rage. that's as far as I go. Tim, as long as it's not in my backyard. <sighs> all right. It's really hard to think today. All right. Now those people calling up wanting to yell about the TriMet guy. Uh, straight ahead, uh, your phone calls and the mystery guest when the Rick Emerson Show continues right here on Rock 101 KUFO. I feel all spooky with this music. How long is my intro time, Sarah? You've got uh, 13 seconds. 13 seconds right here to talk over this post or instrumental bed or ramp for this song right here on the Rick Emerson Show. Mornings, 5 to 9, Rock 101 KUFO. Weblog. Streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything. Bagels, this is the Rick pretzels. Emerson Show at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503-228-4101 is our telephone number. All right, Sarah Dillon. Um, now, I'm going to leave the room, and you're going to clue the audience in as to the identity of the mystery guest. Is that correct? Yes. All right, and then you'll have to wave me back in. Okay. Okay, Rick is going to be talking to a guy named Pat, Pat. who is, uh, he, has, <laughs> he has a website called Igloo Dreams at igloodreams.blogspot.com. He's a super fan and blogger for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's really excited because uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I guess, just beat the Carolina Hurricanes last night to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. The, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins player, Stanley Crosby, is a superstar, kind of like the Kobe Bryant of hockey, so it's a big hockey deal. All right. Okay. Rick can come back in. You can come back in now. Okay. So in uh, just a few moments, we'll be uh, having uh, that guest, whoever whoever it is. Uh, Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this uh, Wednesday morning? So your first priority today, if you own GM stock, dump it. Dump it. <laughs> it is going to be worthless if GM files for bankruptcy, Die! which could happen at any moment. Go Once go. again, GM is on the brink of filing for bankruptcy. If you own stock, it'll be worthless. Wait, hold on. If and when that happens. Wait, hold on. Hold on, it seems like I should have some GM stock sound. You should, yes. There. Wait, hold on. Wait, how about a... Really? <laughs> you know, you're the one who actually gave me this sound effect. That's the spoiler uh, alert. Do you remember? Old jalopy. We don't, which we don't actually use. Um, all right, hold on. I'm making a little note to myself about something. Sell all. 
Um, wow. I'd like to think that we're powerful enough that we can create some sort of an implosion in the stock market just by going, sell, you got to do it. That would uh, be great. All right. Uh, well, hey, you know what? As soon as I heard uh, Steve Kastenbaum, who is a CNN radio uh, news correspondent, actually, I could hear the clattering that... That of the uh, of him, you know, tapping away at his uh, keyboard, selling his GM stock while he was on the phone with us. I mean, that sort of made the decision for me. So, uh, so there you go. And this is all true. All right. Uh, do we have more headlines, Tim? Uh, let's see. Now there's going to be a cycle track on Southwest Broadway. It's going to be a dedicated seven foot wide bikeway between Clay and Jackson Street. Parking spaces on the west side will be involved. Is this different than the one you were just talking about? Yeah, it's another one. Oh, just a confused thing. Yeah. I mean, downtown is this little play thing for every planner in the world. None of it's going to work. No, not at all. Best uh, to avoid downtown. All right, so are we uh, ready to plunge on with the mystery guest? Yes, yes, yes. All right, so this is, I have to do a plausible, wait, three minutes? We're sticking with that? Three minutes, yes. Oh, my belt. A plausible three-minute interview uh, with this guest. You will be indicating that the minutes as they pass with this sound. All right. I do not know the identity of the guest or about what they are speaking until this moment. Right now, am I going to how long to prep here? 20 seconds? Yeah, like 20 seconds. Okay. Okay, you're going to be talking to Pat from Igloo Dreams. Hold uh, on. Pat, Igloo Dreams. www.igloodreams.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Pat is a super fan and intense blogger for the Pittsburgh Penguins, which are a hockey team. Wow. All right. Uh, Pat, last name? Uh, he doesn't want his last name. Okay, but Pat is a man? Pat from Igloo Dreams, uh, to my knowledge. <laughs> Pat, igloodreams.blogspot.com, and he is a, it's a blog for what? It's a blog about the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are a hockey team. Uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins. All right, that's great. And that's a hockey team? It's a hockey team. It's a professional hockey team? Yes. yes. All right. I tricked you into giving me more information uh, that I already had than was on the I sheet. I just said yes, I have no idea. <laughs> that's great. All right, three minutes? It is a real hockey team. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I'm ready. Are we... Uh... Yes. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. And it's a pleasure to welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from... Uh, and I, I hope I get the name of this uh, correct. Is it igloodreams.blogspot.com, Pat? That is correct. All right. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. It's a good morning in uh, Pittsburgh with the Pens going to the Stanley Cup Finals last night. Hey, you and I are on the same page, my friend. The Let me ask you this. Uh, it says here that you are a blogger and, and super fan. Now, is that a uh, is that term you gave yourself, like, or is that a term that somebody else gave you? I mean, would you call yourself a, a super fan? Uh, you know, I, when, when you're in Pittsburgh, the super fans are usually reserved for the Steelers. Uh, they tend to get a little bit crazier, but... Um, yeah, myself, I'm probably just more of a you know, casual observer, laid back. I, you know, like to watch the games. Now, is this something? I mean, well, first of all, I should ask: Are you are you a Pittsburgh native? Yes, yes, born so, and raised in all my life. Now, see, do you feel like if you were transplanted somewhere else, do you feel like uh, like you know you and the Penguins have this? You're you know you're such a fan of the team and such a devotee that if you had to go somewhere else, you know your job, your family, or whatever, you have to pack up, you have to move. You're gonna take that with you and spread the good Penguin word wherever you go. Uh, actually, funny that you say that. Uh, we recently moved uh, out of town from Pittsburgh just this past year, and I did exactly that. Uh, you know, you do what you have to. You subscribe to Center Ice, or uh, you know, follow the pens however you can. Now, do you feel like um, you feel like the internet has made it uh, you know easier in some ways for maybe like guys who are casual fans? To sort of uh, you know to kind of pass themselves off as being being hardcore uh, enthusiasts, it's like hard, it's harder to tell uh, the real fan from uh, you know from the poser. 
Well, it has made it easier, yes, but, like, um, I don't know. I think if you write a blog about this stuff, it's pretty easy to tell pretty quickly who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. I mean, if you just read some of what people write it, and you spend some time listening to what they say, then it, you can tell. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a... You know, and obviously there's a lot of uh, sports blogs out there where they have, you know, they have stats and scores and predictions. And I mean, is that what 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 need are you trying to 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 serve? What is the what sets your blog apart in terms of uh, you know in terms of sports writing? I mean, where do you you know where where do you think you're what do you think you're giving people? Well, what I, I like to do two things. One, it's a, a more of a local spin. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that the team blogs do, uh, and mine and the the, the biggest fans blog. Uh, is called thepensblog.com. But uh, basically, it's just local spin and local flavor. And I try and do things like uh, a little bit of statistical analysis, look at, you know, dig into statistics in a way that uh, I don't see other places. You know, if, if you see some, if you think of something that you might like to know and you don't find it anywhere else, then you start researching it and, and start writing about it. Here's a question. So everybody knows that, you know, there's that old joke about how, you know, hey, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Do you find that when you're running a blog that has to do with, uh, you know, with the Penguins or any, you know, any hockey team, that the discussion on the blog gets gets just as uh, just gets just as aggressive or is it pretty, uh, you know, is it pretty... Uh, um, Pretty moderate. Is it pretty, you know, pretty uh, civilized? Yeah, you know, it's it's just like anything else. Some of some blogs out there uh, definitely it gets a little bit uh, crazy because the internet, of course, lends anonymity. So that's true. Can and can and will say anything. Um, I try to keep my my stuff a little more civilized. Uh, but you know, being a fan of the team, anytime you feel like you're you're getting ripped off or you know calls are going against you. It's hard not to get a little bit more emotional about it, which is another thing that sets blogs apart from traditional media. You know, is that you can let emotion get into your writing a little bit more. Hey, just uh, before we go, I it really just from one hockey fan to another, I, I have to ask you this question: Where do you uh, where do you stand on the issue of that? You know, they have the the puck with the LED in it that supposedly you know, makes it easier to track, and a lot of it said it was distracting. Where do you where do you fall down on the the uh, the illuminated puck issue? Uh, not a big fan. I, I like the uh, vulcanized rubber. I think they should uh, just stick with the regular puck. Mo- high definition will, once it rolls out further across the country, will change that for hockey viewing. It makes it far easier to see what's going on. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. All right. Hey, Pat, uh, the website is igloodreams.blogspot.com. Thank you for spending some time with us, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me uh, on. Thank you. Have a great day. There you go. That's uh, Pat. You, Nibbler, you want to uh, pick that uh, call up and make sure the Pat is. All right. <laughs> Who the man? Oh, I'm giving you nothing next time. You're right. the man. That's what I'm saying, Tim Riley. One more time. What I was that, you... Tim? You're the man. Yes. Mm. You turn me into a Penguins fan. All right, I'm pulling out the big guns. You know what? I've been we've been delaying this one guest because I was afraid that you weren't ready. You saying you're ready? I'm in the zone. I cannot be beaten at this. That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay. That's uh, that's. I'm just saying. That guy is probably so confused as to why he writes. A, you know, last night was. It's one of the biggest games in hockey, and you didn't ask him one thing about it. Yeah, well, you know, but I figure I want to know more about the man, Sarah. I mean, anybody can ask the about the man s- behind the blog. Really, here's the thing: uh, Rick Emerson is a hockey fan. He, he, Rick Emerson is more than uh, stats and scores, Sarah. Rick Emerson's hockey devotion. You could do a sports station morning show. Really? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yes, I could, Tim. Um, so I'm just saying, you know, I like to get a little bit of the uh, the human story, the uh, the okay, drama. I'm totally pulling out the big the, guns. Uh, parade of our existence here on this tiny blue globe of a planet. You don't even know what's coming.
No. It made right. me think anything is possible. <laughs> I made you believe in dreams again just now with my interview with the Blogspot guy. All right, that's it's your own Horatio Elger story. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the Rick Everson Show. It is Rock 101. KUFO, and actually, uh, we're going to take this opportunity, ladies and gentle persons. Uh, we are going to be uh, giving away a copy of Chuck Palahniuk's book, Pygmy, uh, the Manchurian Candidate. I swear to God it says this. The Manchurian Candidate meets South Park. With the hit book Pygmy, Chuck Palahniuk's finest novel since the generation-defining Fight Club, it skewers apple pie notions of faith, family, and the American way alongside a tale of redemption and love. You've also qualified for the grand prize. A uh, If you win this, you will also qualify for the grand prize, which is a reader digital book, PRS, by Sony, and a coupon code to download Pygmy as well. And that's that thing. It's like the Sony version of the Kindle, which is, uh, is pretty awesome. You visit SonyStyle.com. For more information, and you also won a $10 Wendy's gift card to go with that. If you uh, if you win this book, you will get this along. It's the uh, Wendy's Frosty Chino. It is a hand-spun uh, real dairy frosting made with real coffee and chocolate-covered toffee. Coffee, toffee. It's an unfortunate rhyme. So the uh, $10 Wendy gift card and the Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy. That'll be to caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, news with Tim Riley, also a Penguins enthusiast, by the way. Uh, later on, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. It is You're the Rick Emerson down, Show. It's <laughs> Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Well, to appreciate that girl, you really got to put on your meth goggles. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Show, where genius lives. 503, that's me. That's I'm talking about me, Rick Emerson. Okay. 503-228-4101. You know what? You didn't do a three minutes with a hockey guy and make it convincing. Talk okay, about Mr. vulcanized hockey. rubber. I, I am impressed, but I just don't think we were trying. I was trying to, like, give you a softball there. See, here's the thing. I, I, like, you spent the last day... I think I mentioned this real briefly on my blog that yesterday you and I were talking on the phone about something else, and you actually said, you go, I don't know, I'm kind of nervous about, about Wednesday's mystery guest. And I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I believe any objective assessment would have to be that I pulled that off with considerable aplomb. That's, I know. Uh, I, I thought for a moment I was listening to uh, Colin Cowhead <laughs> in the morning sports show. I'm more of a Kenny Vance type. Than, <laughs> uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101. You just don't know what's coming, but that's fine. I was I was trying to play nice. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> no, Tim. You after the wrong marine. <laughs> Tim knows who the one is that um. Greg the and one. I, the uh, one. That Greg and I have been uh, waiting on. Oh, I'm sorry. So you've been you've been holding back the big guns on oh, this. Yeah. You've been taking it easy on me. All right. Well, next. Uh, so we're gonna make this a Wednesday thing. So next Wednesday, uh, the next installment of Mystery Guest. No fooling around. Seriously, apparently it's gonna be difficult. I Maybe mean, we that's should the start word. prepping the guests as well. I'm sorry. Maybe we should start prepping the guests as How well. How do you mean? I don't know. I need to. I need to work on. Well, this. the guest has to be. The thing is, the guest from their perspective, it all has to be. No, normal. no, it has to be straight. But I mean, maybe we could talk to them a little bit about you to maybe set them in a different frame of mind. Like maybe prep them for the kinds of things that you'd like to speak to them about. Mm, I don't know. I feel that that's. I feel that's tampering with the interview. That I feel. See that that's like violating the prime directive of non-interference. That like the uh, you know that uh, you know that's like that, that's like viol- breaking Star uh, Starfleet Command Number One. Because because then because see then you're changing the interview that I would be doing. You know what I mean? Like the deal That's is. True. I guess if I give you less information, like I don't really think it'll even actually matter with this one. Yeah, with this next one, because uh-huh. the next one's going to be the tough one. Not so much today. It is, we we have been saving this one. All right. 
Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> at the, I'll make a note to be all terrified. Uh, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Wright. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 7.43. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs only in the 70s, so a little bit cooler than it has been. But tomorrow, back up into the 80s. It's going to stay that way for about three days. Dump that stock. You own GM stock? Get rid of it now. It's going to be worthless. The failure of a bond exchange between GM and its major creditors has put the auto giant on the brink of bankruptcy. What does that mean? We, the taxpayers, will own 70% of it if this doesn't pan out. It also means your GM stock will be worthless. Worth nothing. Zero. We're going to own 70% of something that's, that that is bankrupt, right? Yes. I mean, that's the thing I can't get past here. What is it we're buying exactly? We, we the great American unwashed. Um, uh, brand name. I mean, the, the, the two initials, GM. I mean, that's that's really you own the G and you own the M. Like we're, like we're buying some letterhead, essentially. We're buying some letterhead and a bunch of buildings which aren't going to be making anything. There you go. Have fun. So, all right. Well, that's great. So, tribal officials are having a big vote today. Oh God! And they're going to chop four bus lines: the 41, which is called Tacoma; 74, Lloyd District; 86, Alderwood. And 153, the South End Loop. Also, max train service will be cut back. You're going to have to wait a half an hour now instead of 15 minutes if this vote goes through today. Okay, but this is at least this is more changes to downtown. Although, what was that thing you were just saying before the mystery guest segment? They're oh, doing something on, is it on Broadway, you said? Yeah, Broadway. Okay, so Broadway is that street that I was thinking of uh, that goes right in front of the theater and where there's yeah. that weird left-hand turn that suddenly springs up on yeah. you. Okay, so what are they changing there? Uh, bigger bike lane. All right. Hmm. Smaller car lane really is what they're saying there. Yeah. That's uh, I mean more opportunities for people to create accidents with themselves, yes. basically. It, well, I, you know, and we're heading into. I'm just saying, uh, just from a strictly journalistic point of view, we have to note that we're heading into prime uh, bike car conflagration season right now. Well, that's when, okay because everyone's going to want a GM car after this <laughs> and, and give up their bikes. Maybe they should start. Ma- Here's the thing: maybe GM should start making bicycles. Maybe they should start small. Maybe they shouldn't be allowed to make cars again right away. Maybe they should have to start it like roller skates and work their way up. So, a Tampa, Florida woman refused to be a carjacking victim when she was approached by an armed man who jumped into her car. This is where uh, Florida. Yeah, I think that was think me that was by me, a nose. Sure. Right. So Adriana pulled out her own gun and took matters into her own hands. Oops, hang on here. Adriana pulled out her own gun and then took matters <laughs> into her own hands. Adriana did. I just leaned forward and punched him in the forehead with it and shoved yeah. his head to the back of the seat and told him to get out. He screamed like a girl and jumped out of the car Wonderful. and almost dropped his gun trying to do so. I didn't want to have to shoot anybody, of course, especially over a car. You know, that's not my place to take a life, and I sure don't want to take a life. But if it came down to him or me, of course, it would have been him. Wow, she sounds like a. She, I wouldn't well, want to mess with her. with her. She sounds like a real Palin. Yeah, I mean, like she sounds like she probably uh, would have no hesitation at all. She she does seem like a woman who's uh, who's all business there. Things like she probably would have shot him right in the face if she'd had to. Good for her. Time for a clown watch. Here's your here's your clown watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. All I know is the headline here. I don't I don't really know much beyond what you sort of teased. I. I saw a little bit of this in the paper today, but I, I don't know much beyond the initial uh, the initial few words. Cloud arrested for crashing into a car. This happened in Indiana. According to the Wheeling Police Department, uh, Patricia Ingalls was arrested for hitting another vehicle while driving under the influence. She was uh, working as a clown. 
The incident occurred in a bank parking lot in a downtown area. Police said Ingalls was being charged with DUI and property damage, leaving the scene of an accident, no proof of insurance, and failing to maintain control of a vehicle. I'm not allowed to drink in Constant. I should have never went because I was too upset. <laughs> Woman threw her door open and hit my car. Okay, but you kept going. Why? Because I wanted to get to my kids. <laughs> you know, and they were all hanging on me and saying, Don't take the clown. Oh, my oh God. wow. That is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, that's fantastic. So was that at the scene when she was still drunk? I guess Please so. Please tell me she was dressed as a clown in, in that soundbite right there. Do we know? She was dressed as a clown. Okay, so let's back up for a second. So she was so she was in an accident yes, going to lot. or coming from a party? I'm looking here. It says she was going to a party. Okay, so she was. <laughs> she had to get ready. She had to prep before. <laughs> she was on her way to. She was on her way to uh, some a sort child's of child's birthday party, I believe, where she was supposed to be blowing up some balloons. <laughs> and so they busted her on the way there. She was drunk. She was. What was the other charge? There was some other driving under the Leaving influence. The scene of an accident. No proof of insurance and failing to maintain control of a vehicle. That is fantastic. What is her name? Her name is Ingalls. Uh, Patricia Ingalls. Patricia Ingalls. I'm going to uh, Google right now and see if there's a photo of her in her clown garb. Patricia Ing- Is that Ingalls? I-N-G-E-L-S? Yes. All right. Patricia Ingalls. Um, no, there's not. Well, how can there be no results in Yahoo News? I know. I, I looked. It's a news story, is it not? Yes, it is. Oh, this is really frustrating. I even tried the local TV uh, station there. No picture of the drunken clown. All right. Yeah, th- th- yeah. there's nothing here. I'm not it's seeing... It's because of all these cutbacks. I'm... There, there's nobody available to take clown pictures anymore. Um, you know, here's the thing. is I'm And I'm looking on uh, Google, just the, not even Google News. The, I found it. The oh. regular Google? Really? Wow. All right. Hold on. So is this a picture of her in the... It's hard to say. Oh, that is messed with, up. Without that is clown makeup. Disturbing. Okay, I'll put this on my blog. Right she now. makes children laugh. Okay, but she doesn't even look like a clown. It just looks like she's like her. It just looks like she's, she's got like sores on her mouth, blood on her mouth. See, I was gonna go the blood route there. It looks as though well, uh, maybe the makeup it melted because she was made to wait for so long. She kind of has the Heath Ledger Joker thing going on there. It's just like somebody kind of cut the corners of her mouth a little bit. Yeah. So she was on her way to a kids' part to entertain her children. She was in an auto accident. Could, could you play that soundbite one more time? So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you clown Patricia Ingalls. I'm not allowed to drink in Constant. I should have never went because I was too upset. Woman threw her door open and hit my car. Okay, but you kept going. Why? Because I wanted to get to my kids. You know, <laughs> and they were all hanging on me and saying, don't take the clown. <laughs> <laughs> don't take the clown. Oh, I think I heard that on Couple the other day. Oh, wow. That is awesome. And she sounds a little bit like this guy. If you do squish it, it does have a uh, a reaction. Uh, it emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. She's, See, I thought she sounded like the art of me. Oh, the, uh, the Silence of the Lambs guy? The don't take the clown. Isn't that a song? Please don't take the girl. Is there? I just said. I, I think it's. I heard it on a uh, couple the other day. Yeah, that's what the it's. And Isn't I mean, don't take the clowns by Judy Collins. <laughs> the I mean, is there other? Uh, please tell me there are other sound bites. No, that's the only one. Oh man, I'm sorry. I, I demand a television interview uh, with the clown woman right now. It'll be on Larry King. All right. It, it's it's puzzling that there's nothing about this in Google News though. Just the picture. Ah, uh, all right. Well, okay, Patricia. Well, let me search without quotes here. Hold on a second. 
I looked. Um, I looked up Patricia Ingalls clown. And let's see here. Maybe if we have. Uh, are, are we searching clown. in real time? Yes. Yes, we are. I'm just looking one more time. No, no. There's, there's just there's a whole lot of. Oh wait, wait. Here we go. Drunken clown arrested. Ruins party. All right. Is that the same one? Oh man, listen to this headline. Okay, because we had her. I was I was spelling her name wrong. Clown arrested for drunken driving speaks out. Um, clown arrested for cl- crashing into car. All right, let's see here. Steubenville, uh, home, the hometown of Dean uh, Martin, reports that a clown was arrested for drunk driving at an event where she was meant to entertain children. Police say the clown Patricia Ingalls left the scene of an accident prior to attending the event where children later witnessed her being led away in handcuffs. That's why they said don't take the clown. Um, let's see if there's other, <laughs> if there's anything else here. That, that's something that will stick with you for the rest of your life if it's your birthday party. <laughs> this this article is so great. This article calls her a balloon bender. Um, the professional balloon bender who allegedly left the scene of an accident in full grease paint... Uh, had the following mugshot, and it's that creepy photograph. Um, she had a blood alcohol level three times the West Virginia legal limit. Um, and she says again, I'm not allowed to drink in costume. I never should have went because I was upset. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Is there anything else here? Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just so desperately looking to see if there's other wait, sound bites. There's more clown noise. Oh, man. No, it's just this one quote. <laughs> they were all hanging on to me and saying, don't take the clown. Okay. Uh, let's file that sound, by the way, as a keeper. Can we please listen to it just one more time? One more time? Yes. Well, if Uncle we'll... Tim, will you play the clown sound by <laughs> force once more, please? Okay, you kids. Here it is one more time. I'm not allowed to drink in costume. I should have never But I do. Because I was too upset. Woman threw her door open and hit my car. Okay, but you kept going. Why? Because I wanted to get to my kids. You know, and they were all hanging on me and saying, don't take the clown. (laughs) That is the best thing I've ever heard. Well, that's the worst party ever. I mean, what kind of of trauma is that going to inflict on you? You're having some birthday party and the cops come and like subdue your clown and drag her away in handcuffs. But they probably think it's an act. That's, that's right. That's it's part of the party. Straight out of Uncle Buck. Oh man, get in your mouse and get out of here. Uh, all right. What does the clown say in Uncle Buck? What is it? What does he call himself? He doesn't call himself the Babe Ruth of uh, children's entertainers. What is it? What does the clown refer to himself as in Uncle Buck? Anyone? We all seen Uncle Buck here. Yes. Yes. I, can't remember. No, I don't remember. Because the clown is standing in the front porch, and and uh, Buck says, "What are you do? A little drinking?" And the clown goes, "Right, you never touch this stuff. Your mother Teresa." And the clown gets all belligerent, and Buck says, um, "Yeah, but I wouldn't do it if I was going to entertain kids." And the clown says, "You know, something like, you know, do you know who you're screwing with? I am the blah 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 professional clown world thing." And then Buck says, "I want you to get in your mouth and get out of here." And then he has to punch the clown in the face, and then the kids all say, "One punch." All right. Excellent. Don't take the clown. Uh, straight ahead, Oregonian TV critic and professional hate monger P- uh, Peter Carlin will uh, join us. And we'll ask him about this truly disturbing uh, picture that was on the front of yesterday's uh, Oregonian living section, which is accompanied by a truly disturbing video that you can see at SarahXDillon.com of Peter doing an interpretive dance like a cat. That's just ahead. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101. KUFO, who's the Foo Fighters? KUFO Portland.
so unbelievably frustrating. There's this television interview with the clown woman in which there are presumably more sound bites. And of course, everybody on earth is trying to view this video at the same time. And that's why I can't get it. And the, the lightning fast CBS internet connection is not, uh, is not sufficient uh, to allow me to stream that video at this time. All America stops working to go uh, to the clown woman video. Uh, because it's just. Attention people at GM. Well, you might as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just. It's just too much to ask for that she's going to say anything else in this story that is the equivalent of that soundbite. Can we just just play that just one, just one more time? And then I swear to God, I won't ask to hear it again until the end of the show. You promise? So this is just a little recap here, and then we'll uh, speak with Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, we've got this is from Steubenville. Uh, Patricia Ingalls, the clown who wheeling police arrested for alleged drugs and driving late Friday for they said she left the scene of an accident. Ingalls, the clown. Uh, talked with News 9 Sunday, that's where I'm trying to get this uh, video from, said she's sorry the children she went to entertain witnessed her being dragged away and taken into custody. So I guess she was late for, to entertain at this kid's party. She's in full makeup and grease paint. She's speeding on the way there. She hits another car. But, of course, being a clown whose mission you know, is of the utmost importance, she's undaunted by this, uh, this, uh, this accident. And she just speeds to the party. The cops are in hot pursuit. She gets to the party. She begins entertaining the children. And then the cops come in and they handcuff her and drag her away in front of screaming young people. Uh, So this is an interview uh, with Patricia Ingalls, the clown in question. Tim? I'm not allowed to drink in costume. I should have never went because I was too upset. Woman threw her door open and hit my car. Okay, but you kept going. Why? Because I wanted to get to my kids. You know, and they were all hanging on me and saying, don't take the clown. <laughs> well, it never becomes like, funny. better every time. It does. It, so I, she'll be invited back next year. I, I, I can't see a time when that's not funny. Oh. Did you have time to hand out business cards? Man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm available by Mitzvah. <laughs> uh, oh, now it's taunting me. Now the loading uh, thing has come up, but it's not actually moving. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show with a heart full of hate and a head full of something or other, pain, um, fairy dust. Uh, Peter Carlin features uh, a writer extraordinaire and raconteur of the world uh, for the Oregonian. Hello, sir. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going. Did you hear the clown soundbite we just played? I did. Okay. That's how it's going. It's going fantastically. Awesome. It's just, I, and looking at the photograph of this woman, here's the thing. The cops... Sarah, does it look to you in the photograph like they scrubbed all the grease paint away, but they <laughs> left like the they red? To. She has like the, the weird Joker red around her mouth, like they didn't want to get too close to that part of her face. Have um, you seen the picture, Peter? No. Oh, dude, this is the best story I've ever heard in my life. I mean, the the idea that on the one hand, she's drunk, but on the other hand, she cares so much for children and for clowning that not, not even being three times the legal limit and hitting another car on the way will stop her from going there and bending balloons for kitties. Well, I don't think oh. those three things are, any of those three things are mutually exclusive. No. I think if, if you were going to be a clown, you might, uh, you, your performance, in fact, might be enhanced by being incredibly drunk. But on the other hand, driving with children seems like a bad idea. Well, no, no, no. She wasn't driving with children. Oh. Uh, she was driving on her way to entertain children. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the cops came to the party, and they handcuffed her and dragged her away, yeah. prompting the children to say, quote, Don't take the clown. <laughs> so wonderful. That just puts a smile on my face and a song in my heart. Yeah, that's sweet. Excellent. What is uh, going on in the world of Peter Carlin, Internet Browser? 
Oh, man. Well, some lunatic sent me this Awkward Family Photos website. I wouldn't know anything about that lunatic. It was me. Yeah, um, I know. Which actually, that was a great find, so thank you. It, it's, it's, it's a whole blog. See, that's one of the beautiful things about the Internet is that, uh, is that you can kind of aggregate all sorts of bizarre, strange things and make wisecracks about them. Um, which I think is actually may, might be the highest call of, 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 of what some people like to call citizen journalists. The, and I actually can't take credit for that. There's a listener whose name escapes me at the moment, so I, I apologize. A listener sent that to me, yeah. uh, and I was just like, Peter Carlin has to see this. Because yeah, exactly. you'd had the awkward blah, blah, blah uh, site a couple weeks ago, which is about the men with bulging trousers at inappropriate moments. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Then there was that whole that whole awkward period where Sarah's uh, blog turned into like a Peter Carlin crotchetorium, and it was like every single it's my thing Carlin there. Peter Carlin fan blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that was so sweet. As a side note, we should say that if you go to SarahXDillon dot com, you can see the photo, the, uh, the 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 full motion video of you doing this interpretive cat dance, and then there was a full article about it in yesterday's. Uh, Oregonian and Sarah said, "Hey, you should have Peter come into the studio and do the cat dance uh, in person I thought for that us. He could maybe teach us how to do the cat dance." Yeah. Well, um, actually, as I pointed out to Rick, there was not a chance in hell that that was ever going to happen. Do you feel like this is uh, like you're like the uh, you're like the the band that has a really really breakthrough record, but then on their next tour doesn't want to talk about the last album. They only want to talk about what's coming up. They don't want to they don't want to dwell on the glories of yesterday. It's true. I'm sort of the Don McLean of uh, of, of modern dance. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, so there's that awkwardfamilyphotos.com. Get that one. I'm sorry. Did you even get that reference? It's an old reference. It's true. It's nearly forty years old. Don McLean, the author. Are you author. really? Are you? Are we really having this conversation where you tell me who Don McLean is? No, no, no. no but just, I just remember the, the the controversy after American Pie when, after a year or so, he said, "That's it. I'm never playing American Pie again." And, oh, see, I didn't know that part. Yes, it, yes. And people were all like, "But dude, that's the only thing we ever want to hear you play." Now is that? True? But he doesn't. He doesn't still refuse to play that. Well, I think he realized that he suddenly became aware of the economic incentive to actually play that. His <laughs> was that hit. was that a bit where yeah that became uh, the financial peril uh, in which he would be placed by that uh, move became apparent to him very quickly. Massive props to Don McLean though for not coming up with a part two. That's true, actually. I mean, that that really would be tempting for almost everybody. You go back to the well and just revisit your, you know, and, and probably it's hard to think of an artist who had a singular success like that where it remained a singular success. Almost everybody goes back and whores it out to some degree. Yeah. I remember, like, yeah. Uh, what's his name? I mean, this sounds like this is... This is a, a me thing, but I remember being really disappointed when, when what's his guts uh, wrote a sequel to Watership Down. Because the thing about Watership Down that made it so great was that it was an instant classic, and it was like almost to preserve the mystique. And you know, he he never he never diluted it down right. with a sequel until like I think ten years ago or something when he did that. Yeah, you know, yeah. because then he become like that lead that Lynn Reed Banks woman who just now sits at home with some sort of supercomputer that just cranks out Indian in the cupboard sequels about every six weeks. <laughs> so in any event, now by the way, it's the only time you'll hear Indian in the cupboard uh, referenced on FM radio uh, all this year. So if I were Don McLean, no. I I would write a part two that was all about like these really obscure bands that nobody that had a couple hits but no one ever really cared about like the Atlanta Rhythm Section and Bob Welch and uh, write a song about Looking Glass. Oh, the song about you mean Looking Glass, the the, the band that did uh, Brandy. Okay, how about this one? No, no, no. I'll I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll update my uh, pop culture reference okay. to more accurately reflect the the tone here. So if we're talking about bands that you know never really made it, I could go this way. I could say uh, instead of Looking Glass, I could reference the Brighter Side of Darkness. 
Do you know that band? No. Here's the thing. You, I, you probably know their song, and if you don't know their song, you know the parody of their song, which is actually more famous than the track itself. Do you know the song Love Jones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Love Jones! I yeah, remember that from the old days. The Brighter Side of Darkness is the, oh, really? uh, the band that did that. Do, okay. you know, uh, did, did, do you know the band Five Man Electrical Band? Sign, sign, Seriously, everywhere, I, sign. Oh, to to onto the bonus guys. round. I, you know, well, look, Don Geronimo's not on the air anymore. Somebody's got to pick up that mantle, All right, Sarah. it's like listening to this one-upmanship. It's amazing. It's like Cash Cab without the cab. <laughs> or any cash of any kind at all. Hey, so anyway, uh, so we can move on to terrain where the other people won't be making fun of us? No, that's not going to happen, by yeah. the way. Well, the, uh, remember when, I, when we were emailing yesterday and I told you that... Uh, remember that one time when we were emailing? That the Facebook had been, uh, had been uh, valued at $2 billion. How is that even possible? That's like when wait, wait, wait. Twitter it's got... Because it turns out it's been valued at $10 billion. That's like the thing with Twitter the other day. Twitter has been valued at $1.5 zillion for something. And they interviewed that guy. Uh, the guy from Biz Twitter, Marky or whatever his name is, he Biz Stone, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, that's a made-up name. And you know, and, and the thing is, they asked him about it. They said, hey, "So, what do you think about Twitter being valued at a billion and a half dollars?" Guy who just has a glorified instant messaging service, right? And he acted. Like it was the most natural thing in the world. He just said, well, you know, it makes sense because it is really, it is the, uh, it is a connectivity tool for the 21st century in which we can interface all sorts of symbiotic networking possibilities. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sitting at home going, you are a douche. You are a douche, and I'm going to come and break all your fingers. I know, I know, I know. And in 18 months, I'll be stone-cold broke. Well, you know, it, it, here's the thing. Or someone will be. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Speaking of Facebook being valued at $20 billion, Did you say $20 billion? No, I said $10, ten Okay, $10 billion. I was thinking about Sean Fanning. Do you remember Sean Fanning? Sean Fanning is the guy who created Napster. Yeah, yeah, Created yeah, the yeah, original yeah. Napster software. Right. And I found myself the other day thinking to myself, what happened to Sean Fanning? Like, where did that guy go? Because, you know, the thing is that Napster got sued out of existence. Right. And then it came back as a, as a, a, a subscription service, which... It's not a paid endorsement, but, uh, which I use and uh, actually proudly uh, I'm very happy with. But but he's no longer associated with. It. He left, and it's just it's still the logo and the name, but everything else has changed. And so he got you know kind of run out of town on a rail by the RIAA. And I was thinking, well, where is that guy now? And so I looked up Sean Fanning, and he created two other companies, which were each purchased for ten million dollars. Yeah, poor dude. I mean, so it's it really that has become the thing I think now in the uh, in the 21st century that. You don't really have to have um, a business model. All you have to have is something that seems bright and shiny enough that some other guy thinks he could someday come up with a business model, and then he will buy it, like the I Twitter was, deal. I was riding on the subway in New York City about 10 years ago or whatever on my way to my little salaryman job in the what I didn't know then but turned out to be the dying media. And, um, and I heard these two young guys like standing there next to me and they were talking about the company or their their various internet companies and the one dude asked the other guy about his company he goes well does it have a good profit sharing plan and the first guy the second guy snorted and said i hope so i wrote it <laughs> and i just thought i want to strangle both of you guys um i don't have a profit sharing plan at time inc the, I barely even have a salary plan hey did you see that thing speaking of, of time inc did you see that we're newsweek uh, is going to be charging seven bucks a throw for their magazine. 
Oh no, they did. New- yeah, I think I heard something about. You that. shouldn't. You shouldn't do. You shouldn't say that. Not even ironically. Sorry, was that bad? You know what that is? That's stuff white people like incarnate right there. The uh, oh no, they didn't. But just uh, you just uttered that is a uh, which that I know, but it, but you did. I, but it was somewhat ironic when I said it. Does I, that make any? Does that make any difference? No, no, no. Irony is by definition the, the stuff. Irony is like is, is like entry one through ten on the stuff white people like uh, list. Which was the other website we were about to talk about. This is which. There's, just, there's so much to talk about, but I, I, I do want to say one thing. So Newsweek had this has this great idea that they're going to sort of stave off their own implosion by charging seven dollars right. uh, for a newsstand copy of their magazine, which just seems insane. I mean, I can't, and not like I have a better idea, uh, but it's just unfathomable to me that they think that that's somehow going to going to sort of pull their their fat out of the fire. But to bring this all back around. You were talking about uh, about Don McLean and how you know so he, somebody got to write uh, some follow up to American Pie, which is a bunch of obscure bands and nobody or like a like a like an American Pie for one hit wonders. Right. I mean, I could write that in my sleep. Here's what else somebody ought to write. Somebody ought to write a song that is a love song for all of the kind of overlooked uh, significant others in rock. In other words, like somebody ought to write a song for Cynthia Lennon. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Speaking of me, Yoko gets all the attention, and Sean uh, Lennon gets all the attention. Nobody really gave a right to song for Julian. I mean, there's Hey Jude, but that, but nobody, you know, unless you're like a big Beatles fan, most people probably don't even know that's about Julian Lennon. Somebody really ought to write a song for all of the first wives. Like, somebody ought to write a song for that chick that Dave Perner from Solus Island dumped from Winona Ryder as soon as he had a gold record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying, you file that away under the list of things that people ought to do, sir. That's a good idea. Maybe we can get Don McLean on it. Perhaps. Uh, what will you be uh, writing about next in the fine newspaper known as the Oregonian? What will I be writing about next? Wow, that's a really good question. You don't well, know, do you? I do. I do so know. I'm doing a big story about the uh, the, 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 the 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 roll the Rose City Rollers, our friends in the in the roller derby. Do you do you go to the derby? I I don't, but uh, no, Sarah it's does. Really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Saturday nights, uh, and then they're they're moving toward their. Uh, their season championship, which will be the 27th, I think. Is this just an excuse to go see hot chicks elbow each other in the throat? Um, I mean, for you personally? I can't confirm or deny that. All right. I mean, it's fine. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, just they curious. Don't, they don't elbow each other. Though. That's against the rules. But you can do massive body checks, which sends other women hurtling off this track into the crowd. Is it going to be like that? What was that? Was it Raquel Welch that, that uh, yeah. the Roller City Bombers or whatever the hell that movie was? Yeah, that was what we would technically refer to as a lame-ass version. And plus, the earlier, like, p- chicks hitting each other. But now it's totally different. Is that the journalistic term, the lame-ass version of that? Yeah, the you know what somebody ought to bring back if they're going to bring back roller derby movies, which I think I read somewhere that uh, it was Megan Fox had been optioned to make some roller derby chick film, and then she turned it down because that was right when Transformers hit so big, and now she's you know she's kind of a big deal, so she's not doing that. But they they were trying to figure out who's going to take the Megan Fox role in this roller derby girl movie. They ought to start bringing back women in prison films. Mm-hmm. That was a thing that was really big in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Sarah's sort of squinting her eyes disapprovingly, but I'm telling you right now that there's money to be made. You bring back the hot like. Uh, or like that episode of Charlie's Angels, the Angels in Chains episode, where were they? In a, they were on a chain gang in the South, which is just an excuse for them to sweat through their clothing almost immediately. Awesome. That sounded really creepy just now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, what else is new, my friend? Uh, there's really just that. I would like to leave you with this little bit of advice, Peter Carlin. Don't take the clown. Don't ever take the clown. <laughs> Read him in print in the Oregonian or online at uh, OregonLive.com. Peter Carlin. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Uh, there you go. That is uh, Peter Carlin. From the Oregonian.
Uh, it is 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley and uh, a pop culture question from Sarah Dillon. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is Green Day. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. I really need to find different music. Don't you think? Nothing wrong with it? Everybody did loves I, Survivor. Did I just hear you just find more clown audio? I did. I'm sorry. If I oh, was my there. God. I just found uh, additional interview footage of the clown. Boy, she's a she's a piece of work. Does it show her actually talking? It does. Um, wearing a cowboy hat. Also, somebody sent me a photograph of the woman in Hillsborough who called to ask the deputy to be sent back to her house. Then I have another Hillsborough phone call. The missing juice box leads a man to dial 911. We'll have that one, too, coming up. It's just too much show. I love today. Too much show. Yes. Okay, well, this music needs one thing. It's time for MaxMuscle.com. Now, um, if you think, like, when I first heard Max Muscle, I'm like, okay, I'm not some, like, you know, weird freaky bodybuilder person. I don't know if this will be right fit. But the good thing about it is that you don't have to be. It's for normal people who just want to kind of take better care of themselves, not shove Easy Mac in their faces all day. Or if you just want to get into better shape. So it, it all depends on what you kind of want to accomplish. If you go to MaxMuscle.com, they have a ton of different categories. And you just go through and click on uh, the different links. Like, there's a diet and weight loss one. Or you can look at it for endurance and energy. And they can kind of uh, find the products that will cater to exactly what you want to do. So if you're like looking to get in shape for the summer like I am and you want to take better care of yourself, uh, just go to maxmuscle.com. Uh, you also have lots of supplemental options. If you're trying to eat healthier and you want to have more energy instead of what Rick and I do where we just kind of shove our faces I just keep of, eating and eating. Full of Cheez-Its and stuff. Um, yeah, the supplemental um, products that they have um, will keep you healthier and they'll give you a lot more energy instead of living on food that's bad for you. Uh, they can also set a plan for you to lose a set amount of weight or if you just want to become stronger and healthier at the weight you're at, they can help you out with that as well. So check it out. MaxMuscle.com. Went to the store yesterday. Really cool. Um, I went to the Clackamas location actually. and I did not feel like weird like the, the guy who was there was really cool and everything's like easily labeled so i was able to see like what went where my new diet plan is actually now to only eat cheetos that look like jesus okay and occasionally ganesh mostly jesus though he's That's tastier right, yeah. okay. the rick emerson show hello hey what man sarah oh and her dylan's on rock 101 kufl hey by the way somebody sent us a photograph of uh what is her name? Lorna? Lorna? Lorna Jean, of course. Lorna Jean! You quit there calling 911! Uh, Lorna Jean Dudash? 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 D U D A S H. Uh, she's the woman in Hillsborough who called 911. And we didn't even know it was a local uh, story until we played it and we heard her referencing Aloha. And I have a brand new local 911 story. Just uh, very quickly, uh, so I found, somebody sent us a, uh, a link to the news story. This KGW has this, um, and is a her mugshot because because a cop had come to her house because she was playing her music too loud. She found the cop really hot, and so after the cop leaves, she calls nine one one and she says, "He's a real cutie pie. Can you send him back my way?" And the operator says, "Why?" And she says. <coughs> pardon me, she says, heck, it doesn't come very often a good-looking man comes to your doorstep. I'll think of something. Can you throw him back my way? And then it, really just a great twist. They do send the cop back to arrest her. So I'm now looking at her mugshot. First of all, do you have that 911 call handy? Um, Kind of, but I can't play it yet. Okay, it just... We'll play it here in a bit. I'm just going to say, I remember thinking when the 911 call was playing, she had a voice that, uh, 
I'm just saying she had kind of a sexy voice. Mm, but kind of sexy, desperate voice. Well, Well, yes. maybe that's what you find sexy is I do find desperation. I like it uh, I like it when they cry, Sarah. Really? There's just no getting around it. Um, it, it wasn't even that. It was just that the tone of her voice. She had. Uh, she sounded sultry, a little smoky. Not so much smoky as it is smoker uh, and lots of smoking for, I would say, many, many years. That would be my guess looking at these photographs. Also a neck tattoo. Okay. She has a neck tattoo? Yes, yeah, okay, she does. I need to see that. Well, I think so. I mean, because from the front and then from the side, it's sort of two different stories. Isn't that a neck tattoo right oh, there? Oh, yeah, that's totally a neck tattoo. I mean... Oh, she's kind of pretty, though. See, well, that's your assessment. Doesn't she look like she ought to be serving flapjacks somewhere and calling you toots? And maybe kind of taking a taking a smoke break with the other girls out in the parking Honestly, lot? she has a pretty face. She's not that bad for 45. Yeah, I wouldn't think that... I, I was expecting a lot worse. She oh. looks like she would have been pretty, like super pretty, like ten years ago. I think she's pretty from the side, maybe if you can ignore the neck tattoo. From the front, mm. all right. I, I mean, she's better than a lot I've seen out there. <laughs> well, that's that's certainly true. Uh, okay. Uh, hello, Tim Riley. How are you? All right. What are we uh, following today, uh, headline wise? Uh, well, we have a lot of things going on. We have another 911 call, and a cash cab of another kind as a bank robber takes a cab uh-uh. and is quickly caught. And I have more audio from this arrested clown. Uh, and, and so we have the clown the audio. never stops. No, it's just uh, too much to get to. And I don't even really know that we're going to... Are we going to have time to talk about your, your pop culture query? No, but perhaps... Well, um, what, when is this happening? Tonight, maybe? Okay, see, so this is... He, and this is not a boyfriend. This is... Who no. this is a guy? No, he's like a little... Uh, He's the one that I, I feel like a cougar around because... Like, this is the hipster guy? Yeah, the hipster dude. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, but he is. No, he is. He I mean, is. just look at that guy. No, you can tell. I mean, it's not that he's not a good-looking guy. He is, but he's just... He's a hipster boy. I mean, clearly, that's a that's a guy with a lot of corduroy in his closet. You know what I mean? That's a... I know, with the shaggy hair. That's and... a guy who can probably go on and on and on and on about how great Wilco oh, no, is. Yeah, and he totally talks about obscure bands. Of course. No, no, no. You got a... Um, yeah, there's 7-inch that they shared um, <laughs> with... Um, but it wasn't the hives. It was like the hives. It was no, like their really side nice. project. He's not. Well, he's pretentious, but in a. He's a nice. This is the guy I met way. at the zombie prom. Yes. Okay. Now he's a nice guy, but you know, but it's just he's. If this is the guy that I met at the zombie prom, he's a nice guy, but I, he's one of those guys that I can tell immediately. It's not even that I wouldn't have anything in common with him. I would, but I would just feel uh, that like I, that every uh, that all of uh, that he was like like a. All of our areas of overlap, like anything that guy and I could talk about, music, movies, whatever, mm-hmm. like he would always have some uh, some much cooler, much more uh, like obscure version of whatever I'm into. No, we don't have a lot in common. Like we found that we have a couple things. We both like Gaslight Anthem, the band, and we both uh, like you... watching the OC. <laughs> that's about And you it. like soup. And that's <laughs> and about soup. the extent of it. Seriously, I don't even, nah, I don't know. But for... Um, yes. So this is so he's twenty six. So he's, you're twenty twenty six. This is the guy you were uh, you were saying yesterday. You spent the weekend with him and you felt like a cougar because he's. Still, here's the thing: is this he's is going to end so badly for you? I, if you already feel this way and he's only two years younger, it's only going to get worse with every year of your life that passes, Sarah. Because you because I don't see you dating guys your own age. I just don't because I see you. No matter how old you are, I think you will find guys your own age to be irritating and and immature. And so you're either going to have to start skewing way older or way younger. It's weird though. He's younger than my sister. I can't get it. And even though he doesn't act young, like just the knowing that the number is there. See, but I, he it's doesn't, weird. I he don't seems know. He's your age. He wouldn't. He I, does I, seem I would my not age. have. And he is your age. He's only two years younger than you are. Yeah, but I know. Like he graduated high school three years later than I did. But, that, but 
Yeah, see, that's weird. See, it's one thing it's if you're weird. like... I'm ageist. That's but weird. but if you're like 19 and it's a 17-year-old or something, I guess that's one thing. Maybe. Because you're still in two kind of different worlds there, but you're both like in your mid to late 20s. I mean, it's like what... It seems like you're dwelling on a thing that... And it, like I said, if you're dwelling on it now, it's going to get way worse, uh, <laughs> you know, as as uh, you get older. Because again, I don't I don't ever see you dating a guy who's your own age. I just don't. Yeah, I've done that once. The farmer was my own age. Yeah. And that didn't end well. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. I... I <laughs> So anyway, so you guys are you what you're doing this tonight, this reality bites singles face off? Yes. Well he's he's only seen singles once and he was talking about how uh he thinks reality bites is the most you know, the one that um, encompasses the nineties. The it the is most. a definitive nineties film definitive as 90s opposed film. to singles. And I think that singles is. So we're going to watch him back-to-back have 90s night. Ah, I wish we had more time. I, 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 I could do like three hours on that. We'll, ah. have to, we'll have to talk about it tomorrow. All right. Well, let me just play this clown audio. Uh, so this is additional audio from Patricia Ingalls. And this is the woman in Steubenville. She was busted. She's a professional clown. She got drunk before she went to entertain some children. She got in an accident on the way there. Insisted on showing up at the party because she's a game day clown. Uh, and she was entertaining the children at the party when the cops came and dragged her away in front of the screaming children who were saying, don't take the clown. And we have now additional audio. This is from WTOV in uh, in Ohio. Oop, sorry. That's uh Regret drinking in costume. Patricia Ingalls tells us she's sorry the children she went to entertain witnessed her being taken into custody Friday night. I'm not allowed to drink in costume. Wow. She does have a little bit of that Jame Gum, uh, that thing going on. And by the way, also looks like a heavy smoker. Also, not so much a cowboy hat that she's wearing. Here's what she's wearing. She's wearing these bad sunglasses, the denim kind of button-up work shirt, like the Kinko shirt, uh, smoker's face. And then do you know those hats they sell at the state fair? They're like white sort of wicker cowboy hats that they spray paint into bright uh, colors. Be like, they spray paint them like bright pink or blue. That's what she's wearing. I should have never went because I was too upset. Ingalls was arrested and charged with DUI and fleeing the scene of an accident while on her way to see those children. And while she admits she did consume alcohol, she says she didn't drink before the accident. Woman threw her door open and hit my car. Okay, but you kept going. Why? Because I wanted to get to my kids. Patricia says she drank before getting to the kids, but after the crash. Not while I was driving. Mm-hmm. But you you know, I was upset after that door flew in my car. She blew a .252, more than triple the legal limit during the breathalyzer test while being arrested. Ingalls has been a clown for 17 years now, but she's not laughing about what happened, especially considering the... Ch- this is, by the way, this is a shot of her in her home, which appears to have no lights. Um, it does have bad shag carpeting, and she is spending her days inflating balloon animals in her living room. She says she disappointed as she was led away in a police cruiser in handcuffs. You know, and they were all hanging on me and saying, don't take the clown. <laughs> Ingalls is out of jail tonight and was arraigned yesterday. She faces several charges, including DUI, leaving the scene of an accident and failure to maintain control, among others. Reporting live, I'm James That is Jackson. awesome. You Her know ha- what that lady sounds like? She sounds like this. Ever record an album? Yes. I want this guy to produce my, make me beautiful duets. 
Her living room appeared to be decorated with a series of cardboard boxes, by the way. Oh, that's amazing. And there was like a big uh, helium tank, and she was just sitting there surrounded by balloon animals. The best part, I didn't even play the best part of this. It's where the Steubenville TV reporter, because that's where the big leagues are, he actually says at one point, she goes to parties where she entertains children. With balloons like this one. And then he just holds a balloon up in front of the camera. <laughs> like the best thing ever. All right, straight ahead, Tim Riley, uh, who has more fantastic uh, uh, news and audio and amusements of all varieties for you. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. That's right. The Rick Emerson Show, made possible by a grant from Secret Artvark, Habanero Hot Sauce. You can find out more at uh, secretartvark.com, one of our proud partners here. And so here's something that I'd seen other people doing this, and not that I don't have faith in Secret Artvark, I, I do, but I uh, I harbored uh, doubts as to whether this particular combination was going to work for me. So Lara and I had, uh, and it's from that... Uh, it's from that place, that pizza place here that you had talked about, that uh, Rudy's place, which is fantastic. It's oh, it's amazing. That's not a uh, not a paid endorsement. I'm just uh, making the observation. They, they make a fine pizza, but you know how it is? Like you, you like your pizza a certain way, and you get your certain toppings you put on. Sometimes it's like Parmesan, or it's, it's garlic, or it's uh, jalapenos, or whatever. And once you kind of figure out how you like your pizza, and I'm not talking about like some community pizza where you're someplace and you got to kind of take it the way they give it to you. Like when you're preparing the pizza the way you want it, they bring it to your house. You, you you figure out what you want to talk about. You're reluctant to sort of to change that. And somebody had said, and in fact, I had seen used at pizza places, Secret, uh, Secret Aardvark. And I thought, well, okay, I, I guess I'll try it. And I, I just, I wondered whether it was really going to work for me. And it was awesome. And it wasn't just me, because I actually had Lara try it too. I said, hey, put some of the Secret Aardvark on that. And she said, I don't know, isn't that like a Caribbean thing? And I said, eh, yeah, but she goes, well, I don't know. And I said, just try it. Just, 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 you know, put it on, take a bite of it, let me know what you think. And it really was, it was fantastic. And it was exactly what we always talk about, how it adds some heat and it adds a flavor to it without overwhelming the taste. You can find out more about Secret Aardvark at secretardvark.com. Secretardvark.com. If you don't see where you shop, you got to ask, because sometimes they uh, have it sort of spread out of the store, the hot sauce section. And if you don't see it served, you got to ask about that as well. You go to your favorite restaurant. Secretardvark.com is where you find out more about Secret Aardvark, habanero hot sauce. Secret Aardvark, one sauce to rule them all. Emerson show continues next. He's the Uncle Buck of CBS Radio. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. All right. We have all kinds of breaking news today. Uh, first... More crazy phone calls. This one also, by the way, comes from Hillsborough. As weird as this whole thing sounds. Uh, a woman calls 911. I should say a man calls to complain that McDonald's left the juice box out of his drive through order. This happened on the uh, McDonald's at TV Highway, so naturally he uh, has uh, been arrested for doing so. This comes to us from Fox 12. We ordered some food and we went home that our order wasn't in there. And my little brother is crying for his orange juice and stuff. A call to 911 over a missing juice box and a trip to McDonald's that ends with Rabine Osman appearing before a Washington County judge for misusing emergency services. My name is Chad. I'm with Fox 12. I spoke with Osman's father who says it was an innocent mistake that turned into a supersized problem. Just go tell them you, you didn't <laughs> wow. give us all the food. Sure. Okay. 
and they give you back and you come back, that's it. But according to him, it quickly escalated with the McDonald's employee laughing at his son-in-law's poor English. We came back with the receipt and everything, hey, can we have our order? We paid for it. And she was like, oh, no, I can't do anything about it. And she was laughing at my brother-in-law because he ordered the food and he couldn't speak English right. What is it, is the interview being conducted through the pull forward drive through speaker? That's totally what that sounds like. That's exactly what it said. All right. So uh, since then, they have been back to McDonald's. They said the employee made the mistake, not McDonald's. All right then, there's something wrong with Hillsborough. Let's let's all just acknowledge that right now, shall we? All right. Maybe we can get a max that just brings people from Hillsborough downtown as well. You know what I mean? You can't paint all Hillsborough people with the same brush. No, it's I'm just bad Hillsborough. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Tim. By the way, uh, the Tannisborn in Arinko area <laughs> is technically part of Hillsborough. Really? Do you tell people that? Where no, do you live, Tim? Hillsborough? I didn't think so. All right. So let's bring back that nine one one call one more time because you want to hear it about the crazy lady. Is this the uh, wait? Is this the uh, Aloha crazy lady or yeah. the clown crazy lady? Uh, the Aloha crazy lady right. who okay. wants a policeman to come back to visit. Excellent. 911, do you need fire, medical, or police? No, ma'am, I don't. I don't have an emergency. Two police officers just left my house just now. Third, can I get their names, please? Was it? Just the music turned down. He was the cutest couple I've seen in God knows how long. I just don't know his name. <laughs> That's a smoker's I laugh right there. Emergency, but heck. Doesn't come very often a good-looking man comes at your doorstep. So desperate. I'm having a sex crisis. Can you please? Can you please send I'm just trying to, to talk that. to her, like level with her, like girl, come on. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is. You know it's rough for us. <laughs> uh, I just need to learn to exhale or whatever. What is it? What is that? The uh, what is that book? Waiting the Toni to Morrison book. Waiting to exhale. Yes. I thought there was a movie about that. Uh, I'm looking for my own personal Tyrese here in uh, here here in Aloha. Can you help me out? Please hook a sister up. That's awesome. Then there was the cash cab. A man robs a federal credit union in Old Town yesterday morning about 10 o'clock and flags down a cab to escape. The alleged uh, robber directed the driver across the river onto I-5. Once on the freeway, the, the uh, robber realized the cops were following them. So uh, he stopped the cab on I-5, got out, and was immediately arrested. Uh, well, he won't be doing that again soon. Uh, and just real quickly, tomorrow we're talking to uh, the Pack Show. So tomorrow we're talking to Don uh, uh, Rawich. He is the the lead creator and designer of the video game Oregon Trail. That's tomorrow. Talking to Allison Lohman, who's in uh, Drag Me to Hell, which I tried to see last night. And I just didn't. I was it overwhelmed. Was in White by Oleander, and she was awesome. White Oleander as well. Uh, and Drag Me to Hell is getting fantastic uh, reviews. Everybody who's seen it said it's awesome. Watch those previews. I, I have to close my eyes, like when that fly thing is crawling into her nose. Well, and it's it's, all, it's scary, and it's only PG thirteen, but. Apparently, it's just like Raimi just uh, it, it kind of just hits you right in the face with it. So, do you have any more of those pygmy books? I'm sorry, those pygmy books. It sounds from it sounds like you were describing yourself as being me, being uh, yeah, being a, a sow there for a second. Pig me, um, it, the, the, um and then uh, what else? Tomorrow, uh, Todd Phillips, also the director of The Hangover. And here's the reason that's interesting. It ties into the uh, the cash cab thing because he was actually the cab. Do you ever see that show, Taxi Cab Confessions, Mm-mm. on HBO? It's like Cash Cab, but instead of giving it a game show, it's like where they have they drive around like a city like Las Vegas, and they have little pinhole cameras, and they just drive around picking up drunks, you know, and tourists who are just plowed. 
And then they he tries to prompt them into embarrassing revelations. And they say something embarrassing. Then they say, hey, by the way, we're taping this. Do you mind if we use it? And they get to send a release and they put it on TV. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but he was the host of that. He was the cab driver on that show for two years. So tomorrow, Todd Phillips, Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell and uh, the creator of Oregon Trail. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today. Also, the mystery guest. Pat from Igloo, uh, Igloo Dreams. Blogspot. Going down next week, Rick Emerson. You're going down. All right. Uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian uh, as well, and I believe I believe that's it. Yes. Is there somebody else? See, Steve. I think that was, was it. Steve? No, I think I've got it all taken care of. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Buzz is coming up next with Smells Like the Nineties. Rick Emerson, show produced today, and every day with the loving and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock One One KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonian to the front desk. Dave's in the gatekeeper. The webmistress Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan. Don't f with me, Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. We will see you all tomorrow at five a.m. Until then, thank you for listening. It is May twenty seventh, two thousand nine, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, see you tomorrow. Bye. And if you see a crack somewhere, take talk with you and try to seal that seal that crack up. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.